Hello, beautiful listeners. Nathan here. Just wanted to let you guys know that you may have noticed at the beginning of this episode, we call the podcast the definitive list of everything ever. Also, the title has changed. That is because the quest for the best, uh, apparently everyone had the same idea we did, which means great minds think alike and also means we don't know how to use Google. So for the next handful of episodes, I may intro the show with Welcome to the Quest for the Best and then say something not funny, but the actual name of the show is definitely the definitive list of everything ever, colon, Disney edition, until we Google that and find someone else took that too. So enough of me talking, just wanted to let you know, enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the Quest for the Best, colon, Disney edition, colon, season one, colon, Revenge of the Fallen, colon, Cancer. I'm your host. Wait, I might have made that joke last time, so I apologize. I'm your host, Nathan, and with me I have a dragon sidekick voiced by Eddie Murphy. It's James. Hey, everybody. That's very good. He's just a spinning image of Eddie. And uh, also a monkey sidekick voiced by Rosie O'Donnell. Derek. Nathan, you've been making a lot of cancer jokes. Is there something you need to tell us? <laughs> Those are not on air for a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Thank you for bringing up such a touchy subject. Mm, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, you just called me a monkey. Well, actually, no, that wasn't the insult part of it. <laughs> <laughs> About to say, I thought the Rosie O'Donnell part was a little more, you know, <laughs> under, below the belt, as they say. Mm. All right. But, yes. This week, we watched two Disney movies. Everyone everyone, be surprised. No one's surprised. And But to prepare for them, we took, well, after the fact, so not prepared for them, we took a quiz about Mulan. And it is a quiz that we will link in the description. Hopefully someone is actually saving all these links. Oh, gosh. And, uh, I am. We're good. Okay. All right. So what? The, how many questions are on this quiz, James? Uh, this is a 25-question quiz to discover if we're the ultimate Mulan fan. Right, the ultimate Mulan fan. So if you score 25, you should cut your hair and go join the Chinese army to repel the Huns. And if you get one, then you're, I don't know, uh, Eddie Murphy, <laughs> probably. Um, so, what? You're not actually Eddie Murphy. Did you already forget that you're not Eddie Murphy? In the uh, oh, right, I moose you. I yeah. just moose you. It's just a sidekick. So, okay. anyway, uh, I don't even remember what I got. I missed one question, so I think I'm the ultimate uh, Mulan fan here. Hmm. I got 23, right? So I missed, I guess I missed two, but I can't remember. I know one of them that I missed. I can't remember what the other one was. Yeah, one of the questions is about who wrote the last song. Spoiler warning. No one knows the answer to that question, so just guess. <laughs> James, yeah. are you the worst Mulan fan in this I group? am the worst Mulan fan, hence being Mushu. Mm. I got a 20 out of 25. I apparently need to watch this movie again because I didn't pay close enough attention. Clearly. And you know what? I even took the quiz halfway through the movie, so I hadn't even seen half of the information. I still only got one question. I want to point that out. That's like top tier Mulan fandom. Like I'm gonna start a subreddit. I'm really looking forward to reading that, Nathan. Nathan's Mulan subreddit. I'm gonna do it because that's what fans do. Well, you know, we'll read that, and then we'll also read Derek's fanfic. 
So they, yeah, that I forgot about that. I got argue with someone about it on the internet. What? That's what that's what fans do is they argue about things on the internet. So mm. I'm gonna argue with you over the internet right now mm. about Mulan. We might end up. I have a feeling we might end up. We might end up what? Arguing. Oh, okay. Mulan was released in 1998. None of you were... None of our podcast listeners were probably alive in 1998, but whatever. Um, it is a... Based, actually, on an actual Chinese folklore story that mm-hmm. I didn't... I didn't know that. I thought Disney made it up. I remember hearing that Disney made it up when I first watched it. Apparently, that was wrong, so my parents lied to me. What mm. a big surprise there. <laughs> um, and it's about a girl, Mulan young lady you might say who impersonates being a boy so she can go in her father's place to fight the hun army led by squinty-eyed huns that was not a racist comment their eyes are literally like really small compared to everyone else's for some reason and yellow they have like jaundice in their eyes though I mean, how else would we have known they were Huns? How else would we know they were evil if their eyes weren't really, really small and, like, yellow, like a cat? That kind of describes a lot of the bad guys in Disney movies, though. And I mean, that that is, a, like, a trick, is to make eyes smaller and make something look less trustworthy. So, I mean, that's fairly common. But anyway, like, across all media. Anyway, she uh, goes and fights the Huns, but not really. She just kind of causes an avalanche. <laughs> and then... Uh, gets the hots for some dude and then the movie ends i think that's kind of how it goes something like that Mm. i don't know why she has hots for some dude since he's just kind of a dick but we'll get into that later uh that's it that's mulan thanks for thanks for listening um oh wait we have to actually talk about it yeah Ah, i don't ever ask you derek first do i for this for the what your first impressions and what you remember watching as a child with this film i don't i don't not very often, at least. So. I will go then. Alright, so this was one... I do remember seeing this one in the theaters. Um, it was... Let's see, where were we at the time? I think we were... Probably yeah, we were in, in Switzerland. Theater. Yeah, well, in Probably a movie in a theater, theater in Switzerland. But, yeah, I remember... Yeah. The front row? I don't know. Um, I can't really remember my impressions of it early on. It was. It's one of the ones... When I was a kid, it was one of the ones that um, that I watched a lot. It was kind of we had that this sort of general range of what we've covered so far. I tended to watch these movies a lot. Um, I always en- I always enjoyed it, um, but I never and it was never really my favorite. But upon rewatching, I definitely consider think I like it a lot more than some of the other ones. Um, that we've seen mm-hmm. recently, so expect it to be up there on the list. So, yeah. James. So I saw this in the theater. I'm trying to remember, do we know what month this was released in the theater? June. Okay, so it was in the summer. I'm like, I think it was in the summer. I can't remember. So I remember seeing it, thankfully, in the summer uh, with a bunch of my cousins. Really thought it was super epic back in the day. Just don't don't, um, don't bring the word epic to this podcast. You get that get that crap out of here. Epic. Ah, so no. Um, I didn't think it was as fun now as I did when I was what almost thirteen, but uh, I thought it was still a good movie. 
and I'm excited to talk about it. And I like that it was a like based on folklore and didn't turn out like Pocahontas. Mm. Pocahontas wasn't well. I guess it was kind of folklore. What you know, kind of folklore? Folklore. I think Mulan was also based on an actual like the folklore was based on an actual person. So yeah, it I, is is kind of. Technically, kind of true. Yeah, I can't remember if it was based on an actual person, but I do know that this is definitely this is a story that I later in life found out that there are a lot of versions of it. There's like, Mm -hmm. it's there's um, poems um, of it, and then there's also several different opera versions, and of course, um, China have made movie versions of it as well. It's interesting. Uh, I'll get into my impressions in a minute, but since we're on this tangent, I actually looked up a lot of the story. And what's interesting is, like, the moral of the story in China, like the original Chinese text, folklore, mm-hmm. is less of being an individual and, like, stand by yourself and more of you are part of this collective group, male or female, but you need to work together and, like, as part of a greater whole. So, like, the, the whole finding yourself individualism that this movie presents is totally an americanized thing because the original the original text was not like that at all it was a complete opposite moral um at the end of the story yeah there's definitely um that's since you're bringing it up that was something i was thinking of bringing up as well uh at some point because it is very much kind of like learning the original sort of moral behind it kind of makes the moral of the disney version a little funny just because of how different it is and so yeah, there's a very large cultural difference between East and West in what oh, is, yeah. like, considered a moral standard and, like, a, a, per, a personal progression in that regard. And she moves actually away from an Eastern ideology into a Western one, which is really funny considering this movie is a Western mm-hmm. movie based on, you know, an Eastern myth. Yeah, and I mean, especially, like, the I, I guess the original idea was very much tied into Confucian um, um, beliefs and... Um, ideologies the whole idea of um honoring you know basically um honoring your parents in such a way that you know she would was willing to go through all of that for the sake of her father and yeah what's actually kind of interesting is that if you know anything about chinese culture of that time you're aware that for a long part of china's culture there was a practice known as foot binding that happened that was basically very yeah, painful. Could, yeah, she could walk, which is not yeah. <laughs> in tune with the time period. Yeah, what's but. actually in certain versions <laughs> of the uh, of the story, she actually her feet are bound in the beginning, and she has to unbind them and unbend them so that she can wear men bo- men's boots, which makes this see, makes the story even more hardcore. Because if you've ever seen. What a foot that has undergone uh, that don't treatment Don't look goes. it up. It's yeah. really... Yeah, don't. This, it, it's, yeah. it's something. It's, Let's yeah. get back to the general yeah. comments yeah, and not so, the nasty specifics. <laughs> right. So for me, uh, this I actually also saw this one in the theater. Uh, I must have been around t- 11 or 12, which means I was coming to the end of my Disney experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really bummed by Hercules and Hunchback at the time. And this one, this one to me felt like a resurgence of Disney. I really liked it. Uh, we owned it. I watched it a lot. Um, I I remember it, and I remember the Tarzan. They like a, my VHS had like a fifteen minute Tarzan thing at the beginning for some mm-hmm. reason, which is ninety percent of what I remember about Tarzan. Um, yeah. 
I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Uh, rewatching it, I liked it a lot more than some of the other Disney films. I felt I did have some problems where I felt its message was not. It was choppy. It was just really mm-hmm. sloppily, sloppily done, uh, which is unfortunate because I think it's a really good story, both about gender norms and being true to yourself and all that stuff. Like, I just felt like the gender norms bit. I felt they kind of overdid to a certain extent, kind of yeah. pushing this this ideology. But um, regardless, I think it's still an empowering film for. And it's nice to have a Disney quote unquote princess, which she isn't. Um, <laughs> so I don't know why she is considered one who um because money right well i mean she's a badass like she's and she's a badass in a way i don't want to say a feminine way because that sounds kind of sexist but she's in a different badass in a different way than the male characters are in a way that suits her character and her method of problem solving fits her character a lot which i really like so anyway rewatch that's kind of going into good stuff but rewatching it i was i was generally impressed i don't think i liked it as much as i remembered liking it which was weird um, but I still enjoyed it and I wasn't like really, I wasn't, I wasn't like angry or pissed off. Like I wasn't, I was Hercules. So <laughs> anyway, um, let's move to good stuff that we liked. I think mm-hmm. we can personally, I, I know there's a lot of very popular Disney songs that people remember, like under the sea and, uh, I don't know, uh, like, Prince Ali, I guess, but like, you know, the Beauty and the Beast song. I seriously think Be a Man is a song that like pretty much everybody on yeah. the planet knows. Mm-hmm. You could just start humming. If you just said, let's get down to business and defeat the Huns, I think almost Everyone's everybody I know knows the rest of that song. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. Which... Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just saying, it's, just, it's a great song and it's well done. It, I think it's so memorable because it's not only a good song. But the visuals that show the progression of the characters and their relationships is like really interesting, and so it mm-hmm. sticks with you more than say Under the Sea, which is just a musical number for being a musical yeah. number. It's yeah, I mean it, it's a training montage, really. And I mean already a training montage showing the character getting better is an awesome thing. A training montage showing someone getting better set to a really, really, really catchy song is quite possibly the best thing ever. Right, because they had a training montage song in Hercules. You probably mm-hmm. don't remember it. No, Danny not at De- all. Danny DeVito sings. <laughs> but, but that was completely unmemorable. But everybody remembers this one. Okay, mm-hmm. I can remember it, but it took me a second to remember. I honestly no, can't I remember can't. it. I just I know it exists. Yeah. Like, I seriously can't remember it. Anyway, it's so... playing in my head now. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's a great song. Um Aren't there only two other songs in the movie? There's the there's the one where they get her all primmed there's three up. Three more songs. Yeah. There's, like, wait, right? what's the third song? There's where so they get her primmed up. There's one up. where where she, she gets all pretty. That's her reflection sings, song. Yeah, and then there's the one where they sing about the girl they want. Oh yeah. Oh, the girl we're right. fighting for. Which, I think that song works, but it's not as good as "Be a Man." Like. Not, at all. Not like that really. song plays into one of my fundamental things I actually don't like about this movie, but like as a song it's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, it's all the songs are good. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's th- weird. I can't think of any I don't like. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I do... think the score is really good too. Oh yeah. I, move, I don't know if Derek was gonna go into that one, but I'm like the score on this one I really thought did I a good job bringing in some Eastern themes. Yeah. And 
yeah, I definitely, yeah, the score is fantastic. I mean, generally, I put more weight on the score rather than the songs themselves, which mm-hmm. is why I say Hunchback of Notre Dame has the best score of any Disney mu- movie. But this one is definitely, definitely up there. It's, it's ve- yeah, it's very catchy, and it generally, if I hear the me- any of the score playing on its own, I can recognize where it's from, which is yeah. more than I can say for some movies where you're like, yeah, I don't know, something's happening, but I have no images associated with this. But yeah, I, I think honestly, out of as far as the songs go. The only one that I don't like is I don't like the pop version of Reflection because the lyrics. Oh, at the end. Yeah, at the end, the lyrics are not. The one bad. sung by an undisclosed band because it will ruin the, yeah. the well, score. Not that. The not, test for ever doing it. Not no, that that's true, to your, true to your heart. Oh, there's a pop version of Reflections? Yeah, it's yeah. not good. I, that honestly, sounds terrible. It really kind of is because it's like they keep adding in extra, extra stuff and it feels like. The A team wrote the song we get in the movie, and mm-hmm. the Z team wrote the song that we get for the pop version because it's the just... Z team took the A team song and said, "We got to make this a pop version. So where can we repeat the lyrics a thousand times? Yeah, and add very, very uninspired lyrics in between. It's not good, but yeah, positives. Uh, yeah, the music is great. I definitely like when Disney mixes because usually Disney scores will kind of just in general because of who is making it have sort of uh have western inspirations in it but at the same time they really mix western in their western music with the uh with the culture of what the movie is based in very well mm-hmm. so and this is no exception yeah i'm kind of torn on that cuz i feel like the americanized westernization of some of, of like some of the songs like the huns when they're charging like that song i can think of right now like it's very western action yeah. Yeah. music Mm-hmm. versus like they do some musical variants mm. that are kind of eastern i don't know it, it, it was, i'm glad they did it but i i'm not like super into it like you are like, i think it's like mm. okay that they tried to kind of assimilate the culture in that regard but i kind of think they could have gone the whole way and it would have worked fine and they just weren't ballsy enough to do it well yeah. but but i'm with like, you derek yeah. i really like it yeah i mean i really like it but at the same time well you're from, wrong no, I'm just kidding. Well, Nathan, <laughs> at the same time i will say that if this movie had have been entirely um, classical Chinese music, it would have been fantastic because classical Chinese music is really fun to listen to. And so, honestly, I would have been happy either way. Uh, I like the supporting cast except Shang. So, and I like the Huns like as bad guys. Oh, okay. I think the Huns are credible threat i think yeah. they're scary but they don't have any substance but we'll get to that they, with the well, well yeah. we're going to sorry we're going scary. to discuss sean you at some point and i have things to say about that but sorry carry on james oh i was just gonna say i think they're scary and i think that the scene that gave them credibility in my mind even though it's just one of them is when they shoot the <laughs> one of the two guys oh yeah scene. this movie's dark like in some parts i love having it. having that moment yeah, okay, they didn't really pay off on that moment. But they did make the Huns seem way scary. Well, and they literally murdered children. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's great. Like, I love that they are... I mean, this this is, this falls under a category of kind of like how I felt Froyo was. Where the, and they did it better here, where they're kind of a force of nature. They're not yeah. really an entity or a person, even though Shan Yu is. But he's yeah. not, like, really a character. Mm-hmm. They're all just kind of this very intimidating force of nature that they have to 
and they can't and it, that's further emphasized by the fact that they can't fight them like people Mulan has to fight them like a force of nature to beat them mm-hmm. like right. by using a force of nature exactly so like that to me is as a force of nature villain they are fantastic like mm-hmm. because they're just this unstoppable horde and the and guys mm-hmm. that could just pop out of the snow after getting sucked <laughs> in an avalanche for, and being under the snow for like a day <laughs> despite two um, of them being topless Right. Yeah. yeah so survive that because they're freaking badass. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I I do absolutely stinking. I think my favorite scene is the scene with the scouts, just because that just Sean Yu is like, how many men does it take to deliver a message? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like they that just, is oh, just shoot them. It's great. Yeah. They mm. murder. They murder people. It's a it's a movie about war. Yeah. And it doesn't. And it doesn't – okay, I, I do feel there's conflicting messages with Mushu's, like, obsession with getting Mulan to go to war and this movie very clearly demonizing war and, like, right. how it's bad. And, like, that conflict, I feel, is one of the many things where this movie has weird cognitive dissonance. But um, I do feel like it does show that war sucks and it's mm-hmm. – and you can kind of Disney-fy it, but it's still a horrible nightmare and people get hurt and lose loved ones and it's it sucks. I mean, he was, his dad literally dies. Like, yeah. it's pretty rough. Shane's like, dead. Murdered by this guy. Yeah. And I it's, think... It's crazy. Yeah, I think what works with it is that they don't disney it too much, uh, or they really don't disney the war at all, I feel. What they do do is they don't show the war, but they show the aftermath, and what's fantastic is that they're able to show it in a way where there are bodies on the screen... But not in such a way that, you know, mm-hmm. it would be too much. And so I think that seeing the doll is more powerful than anything else oh, in yeah. that scene. And then seeing a bunch of dead kids or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because you 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 know why the doll was there. You know why Milan's having such a hard time seeing it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be said, it doesn't have to be shown. Yeah, and it's like Man, I felt like that could have had some payoff if she had a doll. But that's just me thinking. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I like that too. Yeah, it's yeah. I just and it's kind of like goes into what one of the problems that I have with a lot of more recent movies is where there's a trend nowadays to just show the horrifying images more. I mean, granted, yes, this happened in the in the eighties and um, the nineties and whatnot, but it feels like it's happening more frequently nowadays as well. And Mm -hmm. this movie just kind of shows how you don't have to show. For example, someone being decapitated to show how serious and dangerous a situation warfare is. You, you know, you can do it by showing the aftermath. Or, for example, um, a good example of the how much more horrifying something is if you don't show it is in, sorry, slight tangent, but in Batman the Animated Series, the episode where you see the death of Robin's parents, you don't see them die. You see the rope snap and you see the crowd reacting, and then you see Dick Grayson leaning, um, kneeling over the bodies of his dead parents, which is far more horrifying, in my pre- opinion, and also more e- more easy to consume as media than if they'd just kept the camera on them and shown exactly everything that happened. Nobody watched Batman the Animated Series, Derek. Yeah, that is, that is I the wonder least... how they actually died, because I have no idea. I have no... They fell off a tightrope. That is the oh, trapeze. Okay. But that is the least true statement you have ever spoken. Not the least. I've definitely spoken least there. <laughs> I liked the three bumbling bozos. Yeah. 
I like their character arc. I like that they have a character arc. And um, one thing that I noticed... Even if it's all through montage. Well, yeah. One thing that I noticed that I really liked is that they actually give the characters differentiation. Because, yeah, you've got Yao, who's an angry hothead. You've got Ling, who's um, angry at her because of, you know, she got him beat up. Um, but then you've got, um, oh, jeez, what's his name? Chin Chinpo, the big yeah. one. What's um, what I didn't, I hadn't noticed before, but I noticed upon this rewatch is you've got the scene during the montage during when they are doing the thing with balancing the bucket on the head and blocking rocks with sticks. And you mm-hmm. see the two of them, they're just grinning and they're like, oh yeah, we're going to get you. And you see Chinpo kind of just standing there, just looking really conflicted. And you just have this moment of where you're like, he doesn't like this. He doesn't want to be this to be happening, but these are his friends. So he's still, even though he's he seems like he's a better person than them in so, in some ways, he still gives into the old, into peer pressure, which I thought was really funny where, well, not funny. It was really nice to show that there's more dimensions to these characters. And then that gets developed further into them actually getting along with Mulan and becoming her friends. I think you're overreaching this. <laughs> I like that. I think their char- I think their character arc is really simple. Yeah. They they, simple. they they I think they bring some good comedy though and conflict. I well, think yeah, they're really the examples. Sorry, go ahead. Good. I was going to say they're the examples of the characters that didn't that were antagonistic to Mulan and then become friends with Mulan and then they're the ones that at the end of the movie side with her when she's a girl again and says, you know, like, I have an idea, come help. They're the first ones that go help her. So, like, they are they are used to show that change can happen to other characters, mm-hmm. specifically crappy what's-his-face, Shang, who yeah. I hate. But, <laughs> yes, well, I don't hate, I just don't like him. So, so mm-hmm. one final thing I wanted to mention was I think technically this movie, um, like, the animation is really good. Mm. And I really thought that the CG was way more seamless in this movie than it was in Hunchback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the, the Mongol Horde looked great. Yeah, the significantly. It was like Wildebeest the, level from Lion King. Yeah, the crowds at the Emperor's um, Palace look great. I think that the camera being able to move in some of those backgrounds, of course, we're going to see that way more in the next movie mm. with Tarzan, but like actually being able to move the camera towards or away from backgrounds was quite the leap in this movie compared to the last two we watched. Yeah. yeah. Like following arrows flights and stuff was really yeah. was impressive. It was a way they could do shots that, you know, were more indicative of like an actual modern made war film. Mm-hmm. When you don't really have a traditional animation, that would be, I imagine immensely expensive. So. Yeah. Yeah, and and backgrounds are always the hardest part of these movies because you know before everyone was painting them and now they're starting to be able to digitally paint them hmm. so you can move the camera in front of and behind elements. Yeah, I have to say with the with the animation, I mean, of course, it's a Disney movie; it's incredibly well animated, and art style is something that has been brought up quite a bit on this podcast, mostly by me. Honestly, I really like this art style. It's not, you know, it's not my favorite, but I like it a lot more now than I did back when I was getting, when I was in the, when I was stuck in the shock of change because, you know, I got used to a certain style and then things started changing. But with, thanks to a couple years of knowing that, yes, their art style changed, get over it. It's, yeah, I really, really like this um, 
I think it fits the style of the film better than so. Mm-hmm. Like does, that was a yeah. lot of the problems I had with uh, was Beauty and the Beast, I think, and uh, yeah. I liked Hercules' style, so it's not necessarily. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the other one. Like, it, yeah, they, they finally figured out how to make people in this art style look not terrible. Not, mm. I mean, they weren't terrible before, but like so, something about the solid colors and. I think they just had more artistic integrity because they drew a lot on the Chinese culture of art at the mm-hmm. time. Like the horse is very much drawn out of a yeah. Chinese folklore picture. And right? the cricket. So, yeah, a lot of this stuff looks like culturally fits better. And for mm-hmm. whatever reason, it just synergizes really well with the style. And yeah, yeah, I think it looks good. Yeah, it definitely is. And yeah, and I really like, I mean, granted, um, I'm not an expert in. Uh, Chinese culture, architecture, or fashion, or anything like that. But that being said, with my limited knowledge, I really liked just the design of everything, mm-hmm. the the clothing, the buildings, Isn't that the what landscapes. I just said? Yes, I'm adding on to it. Oh, okay. Yes. Continue. <laughs> yes, but yeah, especially like kind of like the with the backgrounds. I just I really enjoy kind of how. Because one of the big, um, with Chinese art, I mean, one of the big things is landscape paintings um, in mm-hmm. in ink and just the whole concept of showing a lot with very few lines, which is really which is really big in just kind of Eastern Asian art, but especially in um, Chinese art. And I like how, you know, the opening especially is it built, plays on that and then it still it sticks around in the backgrounds where it's not really focused on most of the time, but you kind of get the sense of there's a background back there in a very minimalistic way showing a lot. Right. Hmm. I like the dad. He was cool. I like that. He felt like a real person because he starts off, you know, he starts off worried. Then he shows, then he's disappointed. Then he's supportive. Then he's angry because she, um, you know, she makes a scene in front of the, government and that's always a problem yeah and he's and he's stubborn and then in the end finally he's just all of that doesn't mean anything he's just glad that his daughter is back alive like she could have come back in shame and he would have been happy that she was alive mm-hmm. i like that well it... she, she did come back in shame she came back in shame from the matchmaker and well, yeah. mulan was super upset about this and he was totally nonplussed he just knew what to do as a father yeah. he's like mm-hmm. the father of the year award Pretty he, much. He and he and Mufasa can fight it out, yeah. but like I, have, I, I think I have a win. sense who would win. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah, he's just is completely accepting of her and her. Just like there is the moment where he tells her to, you know, she needs to find her place and he knows his. But like she was literally directly threatening his honor as a man to fight. Like yeah, so, to yeah. me, that seemed completely acceptable. Yeah. Like, and I and like. It, yeah. Yeah. What I like about it is that he's he shows positive characteristics he shows negative characteristics but the negative characteristics namely the him getting angry when she threatens his honor um when she says he shouldn't fight is done in such a way that it does not make him look bad as a character also you're you're old you'd be an officer you wouldn't even see combat yeah true (sighs) he's not gonna die if he doesn't have to fight yeah meanwhile meanwhile i'm also thinking is that don't you have like a large extended family living in that town. You could probably get one of them to go. She's right though. Cause he would die. Cause he would have been with the general. This is yeah, he, he, wouldn't have, he wouldn't have had to go through boot camp. He would have been at that place where Shang's dad died. Oh, Oh man. Imagine the movie. If he had have actually somehow been there 
and both Shang and Mulan had to deal with the loss of the father at the same time. That would have been too much. That's why I like I'm it. really yeah. looking forward to the fanfic, Derek. <laughs> the fanfic would be, why did the Huns turn around to charge in an opposing army of 16 people when literally over the next hill was the Imperial City? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what they had the... like 7,000 dudes. Yeah, what were they, yeah, they going to do? It's like just the Huns ride by and the people are like, we'll chase them and like, just like a couple hundred peel off and take care of them while the rest keep going. And see, and that's what the archers were, right? And see, that's why they were more of a force of nature than like, because if they were an actual intelligent army and Shang Mu was an actual character, mm-hmm. then like that would make no sense at all and he'd be an idiot. But like, if, mm-hmm. he, if it's just like, this is an opposing force that is the enemy in the story, like, that's fine. Who yeah. cares that the, that the ridge is literally like over that hill they charged down because yeah. that's what happened. Yeah. Well, to be fair, we don't quite know how far they how far they traveled after um, the Huns were defeated and after Mulan was injured. We can assume probably not very far, but we can't say for one hundred percent certain. Nowhere, because they stop and heal her, and then they leave, and Mulan doesn't go anywhere. She stays where she is and broods, and then walks up the hill, and the Huns are there. Mm. So, like, they pop out of the snow where they are and then walk over the hill and see the Imperial City. So they literally were just right next door and they turned around to mm. fight 15 people. True. Well, those 15 people need to be fought. <laughs> Otherwise, there wouldn't have been a movie. Well, well yeah, yeah. I, I, that's fair. But, like, I don't know. Shen Mu. I keep, it's not Shen Mu. That's a video game. What's um, his name? Shen, Shan Yu. Shan Yu. Shan Yu. He seems this... like a smart enough tactician that he'd just be like, F him. Yeah, maybe he wanted to humiliate them. Like that's the only way I could see because he seems like the kind of guy who likes to humiliate. Well, people. it kind of feels like in that situation, yes, they could have kept going, but in the situation from his point of view, there wouldn't really have been any downside to killing these guys first and then continuing onwards. It's like well, he doesn't like people knowing what he's doing, so he yeah. probably did like, hey, we got to go back and make sure that no one's following us. Yeah. After that whole messenger thing, I don't think he'd let anyone follow. Yeah. yeah. Or, or I mean, it, it's not possible to get a 100% accurate layout of, you know, the surroundings because we don't have a map of it. But maybe it was just as simple as, hey, we're on our way to the to the Imperial City. Guess what? You're in our way. Except they I went don't, the other way because they went yeah. up the hill. Well, I'd need to look at it again to get a better sense. I'm right there. Just trust me. Mm. But yeah. it's okay because it's in service of the story. I don't care that much. <laughs> I'm just pointing it out. Oh, my goodness. Okay, last thing I liked, I do think the message for young girls mm. that you can be pretty if you want, or you can be a badass if you want. Or both. Or both. <laughs> I think both I'm fine is, with. Yeah. I was a little annoyed that she didn't take the council position at the end and just wanted to go home to suck up to her dad. Mm. But I guess it kind of fit her character, so whatever. Well, I, mean, I felt like that would have been a better ending for the moral. Is her saying, yeah, I'll yeah, take the probably. position, but I'll be back. I gotta go tell my dad, you know? Well, I mean, her this... getting a man at the end versus getting some sort of respect that respects her as a smart individual, as emphasized by her song on what she says women should have, was awkward. Yeah. That's not a positive. I apologize. We're mm. already transitioning. That's yeah. my mixed messages part of this. But I still think it's a positive <laughs> right. message when you compare it to, like, I don't know, the Little Mermaid. <laughs> well, yeah. I think, honestly, though, with the whole her you deciding... a lot. I know. But with her deciding to go back home, that's kind of... That's kind of the old... The trope. It's that... Well, I mean, if you want to go down, you know, Campbell's Hero of a Thousand Faces, 
you start in your home, you leave your home, go to the underworld, etc., go through the cycle, and then you return changed by your advent by your adventure, which is literally what she does. She comes, she returns back home, changed by her adventure, and and also, you know, I mean, Wizard of Oz, for example. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Oz is more awesome than Kansas. Apologies to Kansas, but still, oh, Dorothy. Oh, no apologies. To Kansas. <laughs> but Dorothy still wants to go home. So yeah, it's, but here's the thing. Her entire point was that she was the kind of person that didn't want to get married because she had, was smarter and better for that, and she didn't want to be match-made to somebody. So having her go home well, and then the final reward be a man who's also a dickhead is is a incorrect moral for the mm. story. The correct mor- She could still get a guy, but her mm-hmm. actual correct reward would be something that dealt with her intellect or her cunning or her trueness to herself, which is her cleverness. Right. Well, maybe that's what the thing is, though, that by the middle of the story, what she wants is starting to change. Because hmm. she is starting to want Shang towards the middle more than saving everybody. Mm. Abs and pecs will do that, apparently. See, and I don't well, think that, I don't know, I still think that's a that's kind of a treason mm. to her character. Well, well, I mean, I'm not disagreeing, I'm just saying I think that's what mm. the portrayal was, is that by the middle of the movie, she was like, hmm... Yeah, well, yeah, but the thing is, she could have a hot, she could have a console position and still get a hot guy. Like that's the thing. Having yeah. it be the only reward is what I, what bothers me. I don't I mind mean, her getting the guy. I know she I got an awesome sword. That's true, and the <laughs> crest of the emperor, whatever that yeah. means. It's his necklace. Well, take my bling, girl. <laughs> well, I mean, going back when you said that she didn't want to get married, I mean, does is does she ever strictly say that in the movie? No, but she sings an entire song about how people don't see her for yeah. who she is, and she totally, despite being very intelligent, she can't memorize any of the stuff she needs for her matchmaking thing. Yeah, and like it yeah. comes, it comes off as not that she doesn't want to get married, but that isn't the thing. It just doesn't come off as the thing that she wants most. Yeah, she's and not. It doesn't feel like as much time studying that as other interests yeah well it, sure. it, it feels like it wouldn't fulfill her as a person and you could argue she finds fulfillment through her role in the war which is true but like mm-hmm. people don't just find fulfillment in their life and then are done like mm. you you keep extrapolating on it which is why her getting the council position would make sense yeah mm-hmm. it, which i don't know does she have it in mulan too because i haven't seen mulan too she does not Okay, well, there, they screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, you will feel much better about this movie when we get around to Mulan 2. Will you, was, though? What? I don't even remember the second movie, but well, I just remember being distressed. Something to do with princesses. You'll hate Shang more. So. Oh, good, because I do hate Shang. Ugh. And Eddie Murphy. Hmm. So why do they think we need two sidekicks in a movie that already has three sidekicks in the form of those <laughs> comedic weirdos? It's the genie effect. It really is. Yeah, it's, and no, the crick, even the sidekick has a sidekick it's the cricket <laughs> I thought that Mushu and the grandma were really funny when I saw it the first time and I don't think they aged well in 20 years Yeah, I, I thought they were hilarious the grandma I actually don't is mind funny. the grandma that much yeah. I think the well, you thought they were hilarious this time? Or no I thought the... they were hilarious when I was a kid yeah mm. me too and this time I was yeah. just kind of like eh you guys are not that funny Yeah, Mush... even the ancestors I thought the ancestors were like the funniest thing I'd ever seen, and now I was like, eh, I mean, they're they're okay. Yeah, the, I, I don't know. Their period is it anachronisms when yeah. something doesn't match the time period is yeah. really yeah. out of place. Oh, like yeah. it's it, it they they may be out of time, out of place, or whatever, but they're in the past still. So right. that's weird. I don't get it. Yeah, it's 
Yeah, the ancestors, I liked them less this time around. Uh, Mushu definitely felt like he, I don't know, he didn't do much for me this time the around. Headless jo- the headless joke with the ancestor is still funny, though. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Yes. That I was, was like, so thanks a lot, because Mushu sucks. <laughs> like, yeah. See, but I don't sucks. blame the ancestors for making, like, demoting Mushu. Yeah. Yeah, like, okay, here's the big literally thing. literally... Ruined this dude's life and let him die. And you have a decapitated person in a Disney movie, so 10 out of 10 for that one. Yeah. yeah. After Derek said there's no decapitations in this movie. Okay. <sighs> Mushu belonged, belongs where he is. He does not need to be mm. the great stone dragon or whoever. He does nothing in this movie. Like, that's the other thing. He does not help Mulan at all. Nope. He like, makes things he, worse. He, he, make, he gives her bad tutoring yep. to go into the man camp, and it sucks. <laughs> like, he... He bites someone in the butt. Wow, little hilarious. He provokes them to go to war because for his own personal glory and puts her in harm's way because of it. Like he's kind of a total piece of trash. And alerts the Huns where they are. Yeah, yeah, he alerts the Huns where they are. Um, At the very end, he gets a rocket and shoots Shang Mu. But Mulan kind of had that under control anyway. She could have just pulled the sword out and decapitated him. Mm -hmm. Like. He just he saw, the only thing he did was he was a replacement for the Flint and Tinder when hers got knocked in the snow. Yep. Like yeah. he's so worthless in this movie. Although, which makes him just so annoying. Although I yeah. will admit that I still love his line right after she fires the rocket. You missed. How could you miss? He was three feet in front of you. I still think that's funny. I don't yeah, know. I want I want the version of this with Mushu edited out. <laughs> <laughs> it ends with less Mulan. It ends with her being decapitated by Sean Yu. Also, I'd like to point out the cricket also ruined her whole matchmaking thing. Yeah, like it's just basically sidekicks trying to sabotage Mulan's life. The movie when she has it completely under control. Yeah, honestly, I'm honestly this time around. I, sorry, this time around, I was thinking, why <laughs> did she care that the cricket was in there? Just act like she didn't notice it. It's not like it's her fault. He's in the cup. She does grab Mushu and doesn't grab the cricket uh, when she runs from the avalanche, which I thought was great. <laughs> She's like, F I you. would have taken the cricket over Mushu. Yeah, Mushu's indestructible. <sighs> he says it himself. Why is he always afraid of dying? Like, you can't die. You're literally... He's made out of metal. Yeah, he's a he's a god, like sort of, or a protector or something, like protecting spirit. Well, I mean, yeah, the, like... the great stone dragon showed how much that was worth. Yeah, that's that's true. true. He murdered a creature. <laughs> Mushu did. Mushu's, yeah. Mushu's a stone cold killer. Like the grandma, I thought she was funny as a kid, and now I was like, man, I just, I'd be embarrassed if, she, if I had my grandma saying stuff like that. I just, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, she's also responsible for Mulan failing her matchmaking because she gave her the cricket. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well. I guess lucky crickets are not a Chinese cultural thing. Just for the record, they just made up. Honestly, I'm, I'm kind of almost thinking that maybe it was lucky for Mulan that her matchmaking was ruined because then she got to go through the events of the movie instead of being matched up with someone and having a boring life. For a movie about female empowerment, her mom is like not in the movie at all. No. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. So I my, I have one, a pretty big complaint about the movie, which you can agree or disagree with. Okay. And it has to do with it treats oh, – Raise yourselves, everybody. Raise yourselves. It comes to liberal social justice war opinion. Get your tweets ready. Send them to <laughs> at the useless god and I'll freaking ignore you. So 
it plays gender equality as a zero-sum game in some respect, where all the men have to be stupid idiots to show how Mulan is normal, down to her acting like a stupid idiot, and all the men only caring about wanting girls to fight for. Like, there's no... They don't go to war for the sake of, I don't know, anything else other than, you know, they, all they got on their mind is sex and, like, being giant dumb brutes. And that's, like... It does kind of downplay that a little bit as they train, mm-hmm. but it still comes off as, like... The the over exaggeration of gender norms is really weird, and having the advisor be like the most blatantly sexist human being on the planet hmm. is also like okay, we got the point without him saying like women aren't worth anything. She's a woman. Yeah, and she'll never be worth anything after he just she just saved your sorry ass. Like really, like. I don't know. Here's the thing. Gender roles in that time, yeah, it was pretty sexist. Women were essentially property to a certain extent. But, like, they were still weren't, like, told to their face that they were worthless. Like, they were still members of society. They weren't full-ranking members, but they were still treated as people. Mm-hmm. Like, which is which was actually more progressive than, like, the ancient Greeks at the time, where women were literally property. So, mm. suck on that, Hercules. You're wrong. But, yeah, I don't know. It's... It, it just doesn't – I understand the message you're trying to, t- to do, to say here, but I feel like they make a bunch of really bad compromises that kind of conflagrate the mm. message a little bit. It's, well, it's kind of a very ni- – it's a very 90s thing because if you think about like – Yeah, it's like Pocahontas was. Yeah, if you think about uh-huh. sitcoms at the time, like, um, like for example, uh, she's uh, – uh, home improvement, for example, or I'll just say the Married Simpsons because it's Simpsons. literally that that trope is everywhere. Yeah, like, Mar- it's not a new trope. Yeah, Married yeah. with Children. It's like the whole idea of the man as the buffoon, which you know, there's nothing wrong technically with having a buffoonish character, but it was so common back then that it kind of it kind of that's kind of how some of these male characters in Mulan feel as well, where it's sort of like. We're trying to figure out how to properly portray everyone, so let's do the opposite of the way men have been portrayed in the past and make them all completely useless, which... I could go on a, yeah. I could go on a ginormous essay on how, like, sexist that is both ways. Like, how having a smart woman with a dumb man as a trope is sexist to both sides of the equation there. Yeah. It's demon, demon, it, it puts down the woman, implying that the best she can get as an intelligent woman is this oaf, and it puts down the man because it says he's an oaf and is incapable of doing anything. But like, it, it does. That's not really important because it's not as bad as we're saying here in this yeah. movie. Although it is played off as a joke that they're like picking their toes with, <laughs> with and the you know the, the line they're disgusting. No, they're men. Like, mm. I mean, it came from Mushu, so take that as you will because he's friggin' stupid. But like, yeah. I don't know, the, the messaging is all over the place. I feel like the humor is what bugs me more than any of these other things because the like the comments uh, from the Huns to the concubines. Ooh, they're concubines. Ugly concubines. Like I feel like the, the humor with the gender norms is a bigger problem to me in this movie than just the gender norms in and of themselves. That it's like trying to be funny... But it's also trying to be real. Like I can't tell what they were going for a couple times. No, I completely agree. Because if you and also if you mask it in humor, it, it you don't notice as much, and you kind of accept it. Like that's right. the, that's the problem with like with impressionable young minds. I don't want to be that guy. But like, well, we were we were 
13 we saw the first time. Like, right. And so pretty you, young. Inter- you internalize this stuff in a way yeah. that isn't, isn't positive. You and know, so, you can't scream like a girl if you're a man. And right. you know, cross-dressing is important if you need to save the emperor, but you're still going to be called ugly if you're cross-dressing. Like, right. I, don't know, I feel like there's just some, uh, like the humor to me is a bigger problem. If you're a man, you're gross. If you're a woman, you know, again, like the notion of you're not worth anything. But Mulan is literally the only named character in the female character in the movie, except I guess kind of the grandma, but it's like women don't, it's great. Mulan did something, but none of the other women do anything like the matchmaker matches people up uh, and she's like a v- pseudo villain. So, mm. well, and there were the peasants in the rice fields. Yeah, like got catcalled and thought it was funny. And then, like, laughed in Mulan's face because she's not manly enough. Like, I, uh, yeah, I have some issues. Hmm. With well, I, I thought they laughed in her face just because... The, they thought she was cute? The, no, I thought that the action of catcalling they thought was funny because it was just so ridiculous. Like, well, that was mm, kind of how I interpreted it. I, but I like that better. I, I thought in, they were laughing at her because, you know, yeah, they're like, well, oh, that one's like a girl. <laughs> no, I interpreted yeah. it as... Um, that they noticed her and then she looked and then she sort of looked away embarrassed and they laughed because they thought, you know, oh, that one's embarrassed. That's cute. Yeah, that's that's kind I like of how, that I, how I interpreted it. I hate mm-hmm. Shang, just for the record. You've you've mentioned that. Yeah. I, do you want to go into this or are we just going to leave it at that? <laughs> he he doesn't feel like he grows as a character at all. Like he. He, his arc is clearly laid out that he's a young, inexperienced commander, and he's going to learn, and, and you think he's going to learn it through his inexperience and progress through training people. And as part of that process, in line with the story, he's going to see past gender norms and realize that he can respect Mulan as a person as well as a soldier. Mm-hmm. And th- this is my least favorite scene in the entire movie just for the record, is after she kills all the Huns and saves all their sorry butts, saves China, he immediately goes along with the plan to, like, publicly humiliate her and pretend that he's going to execute her and just leave her alone in the cold and say, well, I only spared you because I owed you my life anyway, is, like, pretty much what he just said. When he literally just saved, she literally just saved China. He should have freaking, if he were the admirable character and that was his pivoting moment in understanding, he would have turned around and just punched the guy. Like, because the point is, he was the he was caught up with his image because through the entire training montage, he's concerned at what the scribe is going to say about him, and so his right. arc should have been he stopped caring because he realized that this guy's being petty, and that there is a better way to mm. view the world than through this black and white lens that he did. Because he's the one that suggested she be executed, and it's just a huge sexist douchebag. Yeah. Girl. Well, she I think that, that moment. I think that moment comes. Yeah. When he realizes that she was right and the Huns jump out of the paper dragon and attack the Emperor. Yeah, but that but wasn't I, of his own doing, is the problem. Right. Is it, yeah, he's he, very he's passive. a victim of circumstance in that regard. He's, he's a passive protagonist at that point. I think you're right though that if you'd moved that moment to the moment where you're discussing, that would have made way better sense. She could still leave him. I mean she could still be left. He could turn around and punch him and say, I'm not gonna kill her, but you have to go home now. Like, that could have been right. the scene, and that would have made, I would still been annoyed, but it would have made mm. sense in the context of the story. It's like, no one can know about this, we won't, your secret's safe with us, but you have to leave, right? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then she could have been all upset and feel like no one accepts her, which that scene also felt kind of weird, considering, again, she just saved China. But, like, yeah, Shang just doesn't do anything for me, and the fact that he's just eye candy for her to get at the end just makes it all the more gross. 
Like, I just... I, I just, hate I, that he gets told by the Emperor that he should go after her, and then he does. He's just a because passive, sucky guy. <laughs> he's, he's a very passive character. And Which I feel like weird. he should have just been like, hey, I like this girl, or, you know, I don't mm. know if he liked her as a boy. So that's just getting well, complicated. I like, think he kind of did. Which is, I think, I think he did. had the gay panic moment. Which, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's fine, dude. Like, well, not really that time. But, you know, like, oh, whatever. Hmm. Not getting into that. But. Yeah. I mean, his role, honestly, he's the love interest. He's a passive love interest. And I think, honestly, for me, what he reveals is how much of a problem that kind of character is in the tri- in when you see it as the traditionally female version of that character from older fiction because mm-hmm. it's like well and there's current fiction still has the same problem that's yeah, not exactly yeah it was current fiction to pass well yeah but it was also it was also a much bigger problem in the past but mm-hmm. it's kind of like it does feel like sometimes you have to look at these situations from an alternate point of view because you one could go one's entire life thinking oh yeah the love interest is passive and the love interest is always female not a big deal but the moment you change it and look at it from a different point of view where you're like the love interest is passive and the love interest is male and now you start thinking of it in a different way, and you realize, no, that's that, that's a big problem. That really is a big problem. Well, I mean, it's not like we gave Prince Eric slack, let's be honest. Oh, yeah, we, we get rigged him over the coals. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I kind of feel that this is kind of a general thing, where it's like, because a lot of times I notice that in society there are trends where we always tend to go the exact opposite of the previous trend before we start to sort of at least try to level out somewhere in the middle. And I kind of feel like Shang and Eric being the more passive kinds of characters kind of feels like it's okay. Well, we've been writing women characters like this for so long. Let's do it with the men to sort of compensate. And so I kind of feel like we're starting to even out. So even though he's not a great character, he does kind of feel like a necessary step in the process of writing better characters of both genders. Yeah, but he's more egregious to me than Eric because he's in a film about gender norms. So him being mm-hmm. a man yeah. it makes it even more offensive. Like the only male character in this movie that's like not a sleazeball and is like truly admirable is her father. Mm-hmm. Like her little band of friends do come around. And, th- and again, even if their arc is really simple, it's a good one. Mm. Kind of but sad they, they didn't disgusting. go home with her. Yeah, but they are still gross. They didn't stop being gross and weird. Yeah. Like, and wanting women, like, which, I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but there's a whole song about it, so. Yeah. Well, that and the Emperor. I mean, the Emperor, while he wasn't in very much, he was still a good, he was still a good person, and so compared to... He is Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. and I, voice, so. And he did have a, <laughs> and I did love his moment where Sean Yu is telling him, he's like, oh, your armies have fallen, now bow to me, and is just, his line about... No matter how the wind rages, the mountain cannot bow to it. And I'm like, you just, you're just full of awesome quotes, aren't you? Yeah, but he doesn't like really do anything. Like he's he there as a, as a. This is a good male character. That's like the extent of his development. I mean, yeah. he's, he's there fine. To send Shang back to Mulan's house. Yeah, like, that's that, that is his purpose. Well, no, it's, okay. The, the other game. purpose of the other purpose of him is he's a high-ranking male authority that recognizes female empowerment. Like that's actually his role in the film. Well, like that's, that's the only reason why he exists. You want to talk? About, we're running out of time for this. But I yeah. think we've spouted gender up. You want to talk about Shen? Shen Yu? Yu. Do you want? Yes. Do you want to do that any more than we already have? I would like to. Yes. Um. I'll go then. 
I freaking love Shan Yu. I know he's not a very deep character. We don't get a lot of time with him, but for what he is, he is he's rad. Like wait, he's, this is a negative? No. Oh, I thought you were doing negatives. I'm like, wait. No, we just this is at the end. We're we're transitioning into final thoughts, but we want to talk about yeah. Shenyu, I so. mean, carry on, just, carry on. It's like he's never really stood out that much in previous viewings, but this time around again, it was just. I mean, honestly, I think he may be one of the most intimidating Disney villains around, and I think he could kick the butt of most Disney villains in the previous movies. Like, the only one that I can think of that would really... Of the ones we've watched, to be fair, that could really maybe give him a run for his money is Gaston, because he's huge. But Chan Yu is huge and a warrior, so it's like, I'm pretty sure he would eviscerate him. And, I don't know, there's a place in my mind for villains that aren't deep but are just awesome and he just fits that so well he's just he's like bane right he's just a character i mean the basic version of bane i'm sure there's been development in some comp brown character yes. but like in, in to use game of thrones <laughs> i mean even even big very complex like narratives like this use that trope of a villain that is just intimidating because he's intimidating. like the mountain mm in Game of Thrones is a great example of a character that's not yeah. really a character, but he's still intimidating because he's enormous and scary. And so, like, yeah, he doesn't really have much of a character. As I said, I, I view him more as a force of nature than an actual mm. person, but, like, because he doesn't really have any character development except I want to kill Chinese people, <laughs> and specifically the Emperor, but... There's another sound bite that we hope nobody takes out of context. I want to kill Chinese people, especially the emperor. Um, yeah, please. Oh, no. they, they don't have an emperor now, right? Are they going to come get they me? They don't. But like, okay, we're good. But yeah, I I always liked him, but he doesn't really stand to me like up in the echelon of Disney villains because he's not really a character. Yeah, he, like yeah. That's he has of, a bird. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I like his bird. And uh, with who ended with an a- anachronistic joke about the Mongolian barbecue, where I'm like, uh, wrong culture. But yeah, I I mean, I knew you were. Kind of, I kind of felt that you were going to sort of like bring up the point that yeah, he's not very well developed. But yeah, I mean, it's fine for the story. Exactly. Yeah, we really just needed a force for her to defeat. Exactly. Yeah. And as Ruth far herself. as forces for her to defeat. He is threatening and he is awesome, and it's just yeah. They made him incredibly badass. Just thinking yeah. back on, he just is exudes badassery. Uh huh. And the entire yeah. fact that his motivation—I mean, he does not have deep motivation. His motivation is: you build a wall to keep me out. Okay. So I'm gonna here I go. <laughs> yep. Let's play. Which to keep, take a check that out, President Trump. This is what's gonna happen. Yeah. Oh. The Mexican Shun Yu is gonna come <laughs> in and get you. Oh, uh, here's another great soundbite. Don't build okay. that wall. <laughs> yeah. But also there's the question of how did they get their horses across the wall? They're Okay, if we're talking about problems, they're not Huns. The Huns were gone by her time. This would have yeah. been not even the Mongols. It was I looked it up. I don't remember. But, like, yeah, they're not Huns. Huns from Germany. Well, like, okay. How- um, Huns, okay, to be fair, Huns were an Asiatic culture, but they um, they were displaced – um, from their home and traveled westward where they displaced the Goths, who in turn displaced the Romans, but the Huns settled in Hungary, and then I then there's been mixing of um, genetics between them and local Europeans, so there is some Asian ancestry there, but they are very much a European country now. Yeah. 
So I don't know why they picked Huns. Maybe because let's get down to the business to defeat the Mongols. It doesn't really <laughs> fit the meter. They needed to save the Mongols for the sequel. Oh, let's not not watch that. Okay. <laughs> let's not not watch that. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, all right. Yes. I think we've deconstructed Mulan way more than Disney probably did when they were writing it. So probably. Let's do some final thoughts. Uh, James, how about you take it for us? Okay. I think final this movie. Score. I think it's still good. I think that the humor kind of took it down a peg for me because I used to think this was just like, you know, the pinnacle of a Disney movie. Um, this time I, I did not feel that way. Um, I think there's way more good to outweigh the bad. So I'm going to give it four out of five stars. That's also my score. I think is four out of five. Mm. Um, it's really good though. I probably would give it four and a half if I could, but like if I want, I only usually try and give fives. I don't actually remember I gave fives to Aladdin. Aladdin King. I, think I don't so. think I gave. I didn't end Great Mouse Detective. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's in that level of, of hmm. incredible, but I do think it's really good and it's certainly worth watching, even if it kind of hasn't aged as gracefully as some of the other movies. Hmm. Yeah. I personally, yeah, I think I like it. I appreciated it a little more this time around, even though I really liked it growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, four out of five does sound good to me, but there is this because this is kind of weird because I find myself disliking the things that I disliked in the past more and liking the things I liked more. So it's kind mm-hmm. of it's you know it's a bit more spread out there, but at the same time, and yeah, I mean I know this they're trying to share a message that maybe they weren't sharing very well but just on just as a just a simple story at the most basic element i think it's really good and yeah i mean i would probably also give it a 4.5 but since we're not doing that i'll say four is good i feel like we're in that time period of disney movies where the highs are really high and the lows are really low and it's in the same movie yeah so yeah, this like one an overall good, you know, like everything was on point or like nothing was on point. It's like there's some can, really good highs and some rather low lows. You can tell the Renaissance is starting to peter out because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it's better I feel than Hercules. So it's got that going for it, I guess. Yeah, I um, definitely agree with that. It's better. It has less ups and downs I felt than Hercules, which is like mm-hmm. a giant roller coaster. While Mulan is more like driving over a couple of hills. So, right. yeah. Anyway, but the hills rank. are the hills are uh, good. The, hi- yeah, the top it, hills are pretty good. It's this more one, consistent than Hercules was, but I mean, Hercules is just like written by insane people, so that makes sense. Anyway, um, and there's no gargoyle, so you know, perfect score. Yeah. Uh, current list goes. We have ten movies. Aladdin is number one. Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, The Great Mouse Detective, Hercules, The Rescue Jump Under, The Little... Um, what's not going down there, son? I don't know. Maybe if you want to know. Rescue mm-hmm. Down Under, Little Mermaid, Oliver, and Pochahontas, whatever that movie is. So, hmm. um, I since I have been separating out who goes first in randomly, I guess it's my turn to say where I put this. I would put it beneath The Lion King and above Hunchback. Hmm. I think I, I actually... That makes me a liar because I gave Great Mouse Detective 5. But mm-hmm. I think I like it more than Green. I don't know. That's actually really hard. I think I definitely think I liked it better than Hunchback because it was more consistent. Actually, mm-hmm. no. You know what? Maybe I don't. Because Hunchback had Phoebus, or whatever his name was, who was basically 
Shang, but doesn't suck. Yeah. Like, he's literally, right. like, the same character, but yeah. doesn't suck. <laughs> I think I'd actually put it beneath Great Mouse Detective and above Hercules at seven, or at six. That's hmm. where I was thinking of putting it, too. What do you think, Derek? Um... I'm or thinking. Mouse I'm thinking know. of putting it above Great Mouse Detective, but below Hunchback. Like I really love Great Mouse Detective, and it's a very solid story. But one thing that I can't appreciate about Mulan is its scope. Like it's still it's still a solid enough story, and but it just it goes bigger, and I kind of can really appreciate that. I think it's mess. It has a message about women and gender roles that is mostly positive and the great mouse detective does not have any sort of message i don't want to just no, raise no things. message whatsoever <laughs> uh the message is if you're a mouse and also a dick if you hang out with a not orphan you will be less of a dick also sexy mice dancers My yeah I, agree. I actually agree with you there i think i would put it on great mouse detective even though i gave it a lesser score because i think yeah. as a film it's it's a it's try it's being a little less risky and I can appreciate that. You mean a little more more risky? A little more risky. Yeah, what did I say? I said, said well, less. Op- yeah. that's literally the opposite of my man. Good job, Nathan. You freaking <laughs> reported, deleted, unsubscribed. Worst podcast. Okay, so that puts it at five. Yeah. James. Yes, I could go either way. Derek sold me to put it back above Great Mouse Detective. Can you convince me to put it beneath Great Mouse Detective? Um no, because I think technically Mulan is a better made film. Like, Great Mouse Detective has a better villain, but Great Mouse Detective has a better plot and a better villain and a better story. But Great Mulan Mouse yeah. is crafted so well. This is the problem with Great Mouse Detective. I feel like if they had just waited ten years, it would have been crafted so much better than the way it was. It would have had more going for it. Like, yeah. The Great Mouse Detective is really solid, but it's like a straight line that doesn't really achieve peak heights, except maybe with Radigan, and doesn't mm. really fail miserably. But it's just kind of – it's very serviceable, but it doesn't mm-hmm. really like do anything that really is like, man, be a man. That's a song. You right. know what I mean? Like, There's <sighs> nothing that comes from Great Mouse Detective that I could like pull out. I mean now that I've watched it recently, I'd be like, no, guys, this is a great movie. We should rewatch it again. But, like, Mulan, there are things that I will never, like, forget. Being a man being one of them, that shot of her shooting the rocket and starting the avalanche, just really well-crafted stuff in this movie. Chen Mu just being badass the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, let's put it. Fifth, beneath Hunchback of a Great Mouse Detective is where Mulan will live. Hmm. Is, is that good, Derek? That's sexist. She couldn't beat a hideous man despite being a beautiful, capable woman. I hope you're all proud of yourselves, you sexist pigs. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast is the worst. Um, are you good with that, Derek? Yeah, I'm that good with thing? that. Mm-hmm. All right. That's where it's going to live. So Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Hunchback, Mulan, Great Mouse Detective, etc. Um, the next movie we're going to talk about... Uh, starring Rosie O'Donnell as the most obnoxious character in the movie. Bottom of the list. Bottom of the <laughs> list. Skip everything um, else. Bottom of the list. She's not that bad. I honestly, uh, I don't. I just think it's funny. <laughs> oh, I was like, I didn't think it was that bad, but okay. Yeah. I, th- I thought she was. A, I thought she made a serviceable, serviceable ape. 
I thought she was less obnoxious than the uh, gargoyles. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because she's in the she's in the movie a lot less, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah. Wait, we have to tell them what movie we're talking about because no one knows what movie stars Rosie O'Donnell as a monkey and came out after Ape. Mulan. It's Tarzan. Uh, mm. uh, that's how it goes. <laughs> no. a, Tarzan. It came out in 1999, same year as The Matrix. I'd like to point out. Um, it so keep that in mind if you look at its special effects and then look at The Matrix. Um, yeah. It came out in June on the same no the day before Mulan had come out the previous year. Interesting. Um, it stars a. Tell me if you've heard this before, listeners. It stars a protagonist who doesn't feel like they belong in their current situation. So he goes out and finds a world where he kind of feels like he does belong. But something happens, and he gets isolated from that world, so he doesn't feel like nowhere he which world he should belong in anymore. And then a villain forces his hand, and he finds out he can be in both worlds, and it's still okay. Wait, wait, wait. Are you describing the Disney classic Snow Dogs? Yes! It's Snow Dogs! That's literally the plot. Derek, you know, you know Snow Dogs? You know, you, ma- dogs. you know, you're joking, but you're not that far off, actually. <laughs> I'm so excited to actually watch Snow Wait, Dogs. Is this, wait, hold on. Is Snow Dogs the movie about the, the dog that pulls the sled, but he's like half wolf? No, that's Balto. That's Balto. No, no Snow Dog is about um, Cuba Gooding Jr. finding out that he was adopted. And so he goes to Alaska to meet his, act- his I think it was his father. Yeah. And then the and then he has to compete in a sled dog race in order to be able to gain his father's respect. No, oh, so it's a gain respect of parents type movie. Yeah. But also the whole sense of belonging and finding your place, etc. So. Did he live in both his old home and an Alaskan home at the is end? Is Ro- Rosie think, O'Donnell uh, a monkey in this movie? <laughs> I, think, uh, <laughs> I think geography may have something to say with that, James. Well, then this movie is better, clearly. <laughs> okay, let's talk Tarzan. Um... Uh, James, I guess. Yeah. Wait, did I do first last time? Ask you first. Hey, did Derek? First you did time. Okay, first. you go, James. Tell us, tell us the sordid story of your history with Tarzan, King of the Apes. So I've only seen it once before this. I saw it in the theater again, family reunion. Saw it with a bunch of cousins. So I guess it was you know the year after Mulan. Um, I remember being really freaked out by Clayton getting hung at the yes, end. Yes, I movie. love it. Anyway, keep and going. like. That's the only thing I remembered about this movie. Also, the trashing the camp scene. Surfing on vines. Did you remember that? No. I had totally forgotten that he was surfed on vines. It takes up like 90% of the movie. (laughs) It takes up like 90% of the movie. It's true. Um, So I kind of went in having very little memory of the plot. I mean, I don't know if there's that much plot in this film. Um, I I just described it for you as the intro, so. Yeah. Um... I think that it actually played better than I was expecting in my, like, this watch. So I was kind of pleasantly surprised because I was expecting to just absolutely hate it, and I did not absolutely hate it at all. Wow. That sounds good. Um, I don't remember when I saw this movie. It must have been years after it came out. As mentioned, we had the Mulan VHS, and we watched it to death, and it had, like, a 15-minute breakdown from Disney Kids Club or whatever described the creation of of uh, Tarzan. And so I know a lot about Tarzan just from that. We wrote a song of alternate lyrics to the Two Worlds, One Family song about how fat our guinea pig was. 
It's like I think it was it goes every moment now the pig gets bigger, two words, big fatty, I think were the lyrics we had. Um but that's like the only thing I remember about this. Um and surfing on vines. Um yeah, I was not excited to watch this movie. I was actually biased against this movie before it came out before because my grandfather was a big movie buff and we watched all of the original Tarzan stuff there. Oh, okay. um, I really liked it, and I didn't feel like this was a good fit for Disney. I was starting to get this. Is, I was like twelve. So I was starting to kind of be a little more critical, and then before I became the jaded dick bag I am today. But like, that was like the birth of it. Yeah. And so I just was not interested in this film at all. Um, and so when I watched it, it was kind of like I think I was just somewhere and it was on, and I was like, yeah, you know, well, that was a movie. And then uh, I was really not looking forward to rewatching it. And when I started rewatching it. I was surprised at how much I liked the beginning, and then I hated young Tarzan stuff. Like I was, that was what I think I texted James and said, "This movie's freaking terrible," mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was in the middle of young Tarzan. I'm like, "Okay, yep, this movie sucks." And then uh, it kept going, and I was like, "My opinion changed." And I'm like, "You know, this movie is completely passable." Like yeah. I was yeah. surprised. I was very pleasantly surprised at how much <laughs> I thought this film was just completely okay. I have a and, lot of comments about young Tarzan. <laughs> freaking awful. And also Clayton hanging himself was freaking great. Like the <laughs> fact that most Disney villains just fall to their death, but there's no aftermath. Like having it be a silhouette of him being hung was, I loved it. Oh my gosh. Best villain death. It's so freaking dark. I love it. It's pretty dark. I love, I love it. 10 out of 10 for Clayton killing himself like a dumbass. Anyway, Derek, go. Yeah. All right, so this was another one of those ones that I watched a lot as a kid. Um, I can't remember seeing it in theaters, but I'm pretty sure that we did. Wait, I have an important question for you. Yes? Did you watch this movie more or less than Snow Dogs? More. (laughs) Okay, please continue. (laughs) Yeah, so I I remember one of the things that stood out when I was a kid was that I enjoyed it, but I always thought that kind of the vine surfing felt kind of silly. When I was a kid, and I, yeah, and I continue to maintain that yes, it is very silly and it is incredibly dated because that is the most '90s thing in the world to do. Yeah, it's that late those last two years of the '90s. (laughs) It's Tarzan is the death throes of the '90s in some regards, and. I I think that might actually make me like it more. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to say because I have a little bit of nostalgia for the 90s. Yeah, it's and but yeah, I mean as much as I've been making Rosie O'Donnell jokes, I don't actually have anything against Rosie O'Donnell and I thought she did just fine in the movie. I mean, she's played a type of character and she played it well. Um I actually kind of liked the her character. It was, you know, a jerk, it, you know, a like a bit of a jerk, but a likable jerk, but yeah, this movie, when it first came out, I mean, one of the things that stood out the most was the fact that all of the music was done by Phil Collins. Nobody else was singing, <laughs> and it was just Phil Collins. And it stood out a bit because my dad um, liked Phil Collins um, when he was younger. And so it kind of stood out. We got the soundtrack. I listened to it a lot. And what's kind of a, kind of a funny little follow-up is that our school... Um, for high school graduation, because I graduated like just a year or so after this movie came out, um, they somehow managed to get Phil Collins to give the speech at our graduation. And I remember when they announced that, 
pretty much everyone in the room was like, who the heck is Phil Collins? And I'm just like, Tarzan. Disney. Yay! So... And then the the really nerdy Disney fan in the back's like, it's the guy that did Brother Bear. No! <laughs> Why would you say that? Don't bring that up. The Tarzan soundtrack Bear. is better than Brother Bear. Okay, yes. that's not that hard. Yeah, but, yeah, so, with, but, yeah, I mean. Hey, it says right here that his sliding down log was based off of Tony Hawk. So, you, it was a skateboard thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, That's that, like the most '90s thing ever, basing something off Tony Hawk. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. That is one of the things because I watched the making of a couple times, and yeah, that was one thing that was brought up. I think it was like inspired one of the animators' kids. Uh, the idea came from him because the kid was into skating and Tony Hawk and such, so, or something like that. But yeah, I mean, I still like it. It's a solid movie. It's not their best. I mean, we have a list showing what their best is. But it's still. I was about to say, I don't think it's their best because it's your opinion. It might be my. I might think it's the best Disney movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> plot twist for the end of the podcast. But... Yeah, the plot twist is I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's what I thought. But yeah, it's. I don't know. It, yes, it has. It is formulaic. You, we made fun of that at the beginning, but you know, Disney does formula well most of the time, and this is one of those cases, I think. So better than Snow Dogs? Yes. Okay. I mean, that, that is the new metric by which... How many Snow Dogs out of five would you give Tarzan? <laughs> 20. <laughs> anyway, mm. good stuff about Tarzan. Um, I, I, did I start last time? Should I just stop? Just go ahead. I'm trying to think of good things. There's the problem with Tarzan. And, and I know it's not a positive. I think it's completely passable. I can't really think of anything I really liked about it that, like, stuck out. Um, oh, wait, I do. Um, I do like the songs. Mm-hmm. I actually like them a lot, which really surprised me because I thought I'd hate them. <laughs> I yeah. also like the beginning. I forgot that. When his parents crash on the shore with that song and then That's a leopard freaking murders him. Such a good him. beginning. Yeah. Such a good beginning. And she loses her baby to a leopard and then saves him while his parents are dead by a leopard. It's actual blood in the Disney movie. That was great. Yeah. Um, and then they have a little moment where they they said, you'll be in my heart song, which is like corny as hell, but it's fine. Mm. And yeah. And then it goes directly into Kid Tarzan and ruins the whole thing. But <laughs> no, the intro was really good. Um, yeah. And the CG was totally fine, which was yeah. weird. Yeah. An- yeah. Another positive from the opening is Tarzan's dad's mustache. Yeah, that's definitely, I put that on the. Top yeah. five, five out of five snow dogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is just, yeah. I mean, in the realm of live action and animated mustaches, it's at the top. So you guys can uh, totally disagree with me on this, but I really like Jane. and No, I, I do too. She, she came yeah. uh, at a point, so it was right after Mulan, where I'm like, well, here's a girl who really knows what she wants, and it's totally fine, and everything about her like nothing about her bugged me at all and she and she has a good transition from being like all dressed up and pretty to being like she's not ever super confident but it kind of fits her character because she was like an english rich girl who like transitions into being you know more capable and less Mm -hmm. prissy i guess and i like that through tarzan 
she's able to find like herself in a way yeah. which I, I really love, liked I love when they are teaching him I had completely forgotten that they like taught him that's the, I want to know will yeah. you show me something <laughs> familiar about the stranger like me that one with the accent Yes, thank you, Phil Collins. I'm really proud of you for showing up on this podcast. Come with me now and see my world. See, this is all the songs that were on that stupid intro. Anyway, that I watched yeah. them move on. Anyway, keep going. Anyway, I really, really, really liked that scene. That's something that sticks out to me, something that I would go back and watch because I thought that scene was just great. The way that they yeah. uh, did the music, the way that they have the interactions of the characters... Yeah, and Trash in the Camp was good too. Trash mm-hmm. in the Camp was fun. Yeah. yeah, I liked that the uh, the tea set was Mrs. Potts and Chip. <laughs> I thought that was kind of stupid, but whatever. <laughs> well, but yeah, what what kind of, what I kind of like re- um, about sort of the montage of him learning because that's base. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's basically like you know that's their training montage, but at the same time, it's also kind of a they fall in love montage, which I mm-hmm. I really like. They kind of played off in a in a way where it's like you get why and you know it's not one of those they fall in love over the course of a couple days that this is so unrealistic disney but it's still you know you get why weren't they there for quite some time which is where where the montage comes in (laughs) totally found their relationship believable yeah I did think that, like, the chase scene with the baboons was overly comedic for the tone the movie was trying to set. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's a negative, sorry. But it does tie into the fact that when she and Tarzan kind of sit down and interact for the first time, the craziest thing about this to me is it's clear that that action scene was supposed to, like, be the thing that gets people's attention, and it's, like, the moment. But, like, them interacting for the first time is so much more engaging than that worthless mm-hmm. action scene. Like, that, I could watch a whole movie of that. Like, that was so interesting in how they played off each other and how he keeps trying to do, like, Especially for that era, like looking at her ankles and like socially inappropriate things, and she, you know, has to smack him off. Like, yeah, no, no, like personal space violations. Like, like mm-hmm. that was a really sharp scene, and yeah, it's one that's been done a million times, the fish out of water thing. But I think mm-hmm. it they did a good job because Jane is actually a character. Yeah, like, and, and what I, I like yeah. the the comedy that they had with Jane, yeah. like. You know, dumping the rain on her, her kind of being so out of her element, losing all of her stuff to the monkeys. Like, yeah. I, I, I thought it was fine. And also, I think it worked with her. And also, she has a pretty good wry sense of humor. It's like, it's a very stereotypically, yeah, yeah, it's a very stereotypically British sense of humor, and it works. Um, but yeah, one thing about like their interaction is what I like about it is that they, it's, I mean, that's the entire point of the story. It's like it's a human meeting other humans for the first time, and they do it so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just so too bad that it takes thirty minutes to get there. <laughs> well, yeah. It would not have hurt the film. To, or we're going to negatives already. Oh no. Well, there's got to <laughs> like, be more. Yeah, but keep. There going. has to be. I, I have like, a couple of positives. It, it would not hurt. Would not have hurt the film at all to make the young Tarzan part like three minutes, maybe, and just have him being an adult because he was so. Much more engaging as an adult than he was. Could have shown a montage of him feeling out of place to music, and it would have been fine. Yeah, like because the whole point of that scene was, you're not accepted by the other monkeys. Like that's literally the entire point. It's a huge scene, and that's it. It's like Mm -hmm. he feels out of place, and Krushek doesn't respect him. Like his fake friendship with all those other stupid monkeys is not really relevant because it's it's immediately 
disappears the minute the time transition happens. Yeah. Like that could have, he could have just had them be his friends and it could have been, Kirchick doesn't approve you and you feel out of place and you have the scene with his mom. Mm-hmm. Like that could have been the whole thing. I don't know. The whole monkey elephant hair thing was so stupid. Yeah. Like, it, I do. Yeah. I do feel that you could have cut a lot of those scenes and replaced them with scenes of Kirchick and Tarzan developing their relationship because the final, you know, the final resolution of that being him accepting Tarzan as his son, really, I feel like they could have just done a little bit more to really drive that home. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I, I feel like he has a, his relationship with his mother is really well done. Yeah. yeah and, I, like, when, when, when he introduced Jane to her and was like, this is my mom, like, I got kind of, I don't want to say chills, but, like, that was a really good moment. Because I was yeah. excited to see how Jane would respond, which meant I was engaged with all these characters. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought Jane's that was a really... response to that is, like, my favorite thing in this movie. Like, her meeting the apes is yeah. such a good scene. Yeah, it's great. You have this I transition. Really like Jane. I didn't realize yeah. how much I like yeah. Jane. I like her tongue. Even just talking about her, I'm like, I like her even more now. <laughs> but like, I wish her dad weren't such an obvious the human side of the comic relief characters. He's but. literally Maurice on steroids. Yeah. He's Maurice on speed. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> but I like that Kirchek wasn't really a villain. Yeah. Like he was just kind of an, and like the impressing the father thing is a trope, yeah. which yeah. is why I agree with Derek completely where I feel like there could have been a little more depth to that relationship. And then it would have had more meaning when Kirchek passes the mantle to Tarzan. Yeah. Um, so, Which technically, according to monkeys, he has to mate with his mother now, but we won't get into that. Oh, yeah, gosh. <laughs> yeah, if we won't get into that if we avoid the biology of Finding Nemo, please. What? No. You we'll know what happened? Yeah. Get to that. <laughs> okay. Don't tell him. We'll get to that when we get to that. <laughs> we get to Finding Nemo. Okay, so, so Nathan, you watched, you watched the other Tarzan movies. Is this uh-huh. similar with like his relationship with Church Kerchek? I have never read the books. I've never watched the movies. Like, this is my only experience with Tarzan. I, I will be honest that I don't remember. I don't remember okay. Kerchek even being in... I don't think Kerchek was even... Was he in the books? Like, I honestly don't remember. Uh-huh. All the movies I watch is just basically, look at this wild man living with this lady and doing monkey things in the jungle. Okay. That's what <laughs> okay. most of the Tarzan stuff is. That's why I felt really weird to, like, make it a coming-of-age two-world story. Mm. Because in the in the in most of the Tarzan films, like, it's been established that they're just fine, right? Yeah. It's just more of a – they're more of that era of look at the how interesting the exotic is and look at man becoming with exotic but being civilized, right? Like, you know, that that was like the, the type of films and novels they well, were. Well, I think yeah. that's what the newest film is like, isn't it? Like he, he has a position in England as an Englishman, Wait. but then he also has a position with the – Are you talking about – is there a live-action Disney Tarzan movie? No, not, not Disney. Disney. There's, was it oh. Warner Brothers maybe? I can't remember. I haven't seen it. Me neither. Again, zero interaction with anything right. Tarzan except this. Okay, well, here's the here's the thing. Um, I don't know. I haven't read any of the books, but I know enough to know that part of the original story was the fact that Tarzan was actually the son of a lord, and that you know his parents went missing and died, and then you know what right. we see in this movie. But you find out, and apparently, if I'm remembering correctly, Clayton in the books was actually his cousin. Okay. I may be misremembering that, but the whole fact of, hey, we found the heir of uh, Grace... Grayson? No, Grayson, maybe? I can't remember Grace exactly. Stone? I don't know. <laughs> by, the, by the power by of the Grayskull. By the power Grace of Grayskull. <laughs> yeah, no. But, um, yeah, no. Um, 
I can't remember exactly. It had the word gray. You have to edit so many ums out of this. Anyway, yes, keep going. But, yeah, it's so that's that was kind of part of the plot of the original was that, hey, here's this nobleman who was raised by animals and it kind of a lot of the sequel stories also played into that aspect because I think at the end of the original book, he does return to England and becomes, you know, takes his um and takes his uh, position yeah. um, in society. And so, but yeah, different adaptations seem to have dealt with that in different ways. I, and, I think that the relationship between him and Jane is really what sucked me into the film. Yeah, it's, it's, me there till the end. It's, it's excellent. Yeah, like, it, that is that is the best part of the film, and I wish there were even more of it. Yeah, it's yeah. What, what's kind of interesting is because, I mean, that's kind of that's also one of the points of the original story is, well, at least in pop culture, it's Tarzan and Jane. They are kind of like they are one of the pop culture power couples, and the fact that they decided to put effort into actually getting it right shows that they knew what the story needed to be focused on. The dad should have gone back to England, though. It didn't yeah. fit the arc for him to stay. No. That yeah. was weird. I'm kind of thinking, cut her dad, or at least minimize him, remove um, the comic relief, focus more on Tarzan and Jane and Tarzan and Kerchak, and I think we'd have an even better movie. I don't really... mind the comic relief when it's related to Jane. Mm. Because when, yeah. when Jane was struggling at the beginning with the jungle, I literally thought that was funny. I know, the comic I relief yeah. with the elephant, yeah, I don't, I don't I didn't mind. I didn't mind the monkey. I didn't mind Rosie O'Donnell. I thought her comedy was okay. She was annoying, yeah. but it was okay. Like, But yeah, the elephant was overkill, and yeah. the father was way overkill. And I, I would also like to say, I'm really glad Clayton wasn't a romantic interest for Jane, and that <laughs> had to be some angle they were trying to take. He was just there for to murder monkeys or yeah. capture them or whatever. Which, I mean, that also goes into a negative, Where, but I don't know if we're ready to move there yet. Anything else good? Um, this movie looks good. It does. I, I do think that there – so I, I did look, went and looked this up because I was curious – so they called that background program Deep Canvas, and the reason they called it that was so they could make the jungle. And so even though it is him literally skateboarding through the jungle, I thought it looked really good. The backgrounds mm. look, I mean, as well as could be expected for something that was not hand-painted but is CG-painted, I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah. Also, we're, I'm going to transition. Yeah, I liked Jane's voice actress, who was also Lady uh, Deboshi. Voice actress from Mononoke, weirdly oh. enough. <laughs> hey, th- um, <laughs> there's suddenly I discovered another reason why I like this character. Well, yeah. and that's an interesting parallel that I think I'll bring up is since I'm always caring, apparently comparing these to stupid Ghibli films. But anyway, because mm. it's very much it's very Princess Mononoke esque this film mm-hmm. with with, with well, the yeah. wrong with the different moral that Mononoke pointed out, which is these two worlds can't coexist, but they can. Well, these yeah. two worlds can't live together peacefully, but they can coexist. Yeah. But right. which is the point of Mononoke. Where in this one, it's like, yeah, your crazy British father can now surf on vine. No, <laughs> wrong yeah. moral. Yeah. See, Mononoke <laughs> had the balls to have an actual correct ending where Jane would leave. I don't mm-hmm. think it would fit her character in this movie, so I'm glad she didn't. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. the ballsier, the ballsier thing is realizing the incompatibility of the worlds, which is what Mononoke did. That's a problem with Disney, though, I think we're going to see more and more, is that they don't actually allow the hurt 
like the things that would hurt us to like cut, carry through, like Mononoke. Like this one, Tarzan and Jane staying together, yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah. But there are going to be future films that it's just not reasonable the choices they make just because they want it to be a happy ending. Yeah, right. it's like I mean. That being said, back was as ballsy as they get in that regard. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing with the ending of Princess Mononoke is that that ending has bugged me since the time I saw it. I can't stop feeling where I'm like, no, no, happy ending, happier ending, which is, you know. Completely wrong, just for the record. Yes, that ending is perfect. Yes, (laughs) I know. But the thing, what a point I'm making is that that's why it works so well because it won't leave me alone. It bothers you. Yeah. Yeah. What makes you think about the themes of the film because it's not a happy ending. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's why it's impactful. You're Mm -hmm. right. Like that's, that's why it's stuck with you is because it's bothering because you want it to be happy. Yeah. Probably because you watch Tarzan and then watch Princess Monoki and were confused. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would have saw those like within two years of each other. So, yep. (laughs) But anyway, I didn't, I didn't want to say you were wrong, Derek. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I, I didn't know where you were going with it. Yeah. I had an impulse reaction. I was upset. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized that you love Mononoke, so that's probably wrong anyway, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, so, um, okay, let's just dig deep into the giant zit on the face of Tarzan Ooh. that is young Tarzan <laughs> and, um, and how it is the worst part of this entire movie. Yeah. James, go for it. It feels like it's one of those 90s films where they're like, trying to portray the bullies and the bullied and get up your sympathy for the rest of the film. But I just felt irritated. <laughs> it's so nineties too. It's the it's, way they talk and interact. Oh, and the way that it. they're like, we're going to be mean friends. <laughs> we're so mean. Oh, we're uh, cool. <laughs> no one cares. You're just stupid monkey. <laughs> Stop punching yourself. Stop punching yourself. Yeah. That's exactly. so nineties. <laughs> that's so this way. Oh, yeah, it's so frustrating. And I feel like it's such a waste of the film to spend that much time on it when you know, of course, Tarzan is going to not feel uh, connected as much to these monkeys well, as they do to each other. Well, he's the complete outsider. You don't need to spend this much time on it to be like, yeah, he's an outsider. It's like hammering us over the head. He's been bullied. He's sad. He's alone. Well, he needs somebody that looks like doesn't him. Doesn't fit into this world that he's been raised in. Well, How well, of course he doesn't. Like, well, I think part of what it is for me at least is that. But Hercules with like beating you over the head with a hammer. Well, yeah, yeah. But yeah, part of what I think for me is that they give him a character arc very early on. You know, he declares, "I'm going to be the best ape ever." And then within, like, five minutes, that character arc is resolved. So it does feel like, you know, if they had to cut all that out and just had him be, hey, I'm one with the apes, and then have focus on the actual character arc of, you know, finding belonging with, you know, in with the people that arrive, maybe? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to break a rule, Nathan, and I'm going to compare it to the new Jungle Book that they call live action, but... You know, the only live action character is the kid. It's like 95% CG. But why though? Because in that movie, the whole problem with him being raised by the wolves is that he's not allowed to use, quote, human tricks if he's going to be part of the wolf wolf pack. Okay. And I feel like that's something that could have worked better in Tarzan if they had, like, 
These are the rules if you're going to be a gorilla and you can't break the rules. Hmm. Yeah, but they didn't know what he was. That was what was important. Like, they didn't know he was a person. They had no concept right. of people in Tarzan, but they do in Jungle Book. They do in Jungle Book. Yeah. It's true. But, like, just some sort of, like, okay, you're not acting like a gorilla, so we're weirded out rather than we're going to bully you because you have you know, more skin and less hair than we do. Like, mm-hmm. literally, that's how it felt to me. <laughs> Meanwhile, the gorillas are suffering from fur lice, and Tarzan is like, yeah, <laughs> what do you think they are? <laughs> yeah, but, like, I agree with you, James, that, like, it should have <laughs> been... Like, I don't know, I feel like there's just, there had to be a better way of portraying him being an outsider than, oh, we're all gonna pick on you like a normal 90s film. Yeah, well, to be fair, with your point about you know, the human tricks and everything, there is that to a small extent where you see him using the, uh, using the spear for the first time to get the, uh, to get the fruit. And then it, you know, the splashes on. Are you talking about Mowgli or are you talking about Tarzan? About Tarzan. Remember there's a scene where he's trying to get fruit. So he makes himself a spear, throws it, catches a bunch of fruit. So to a certain extent, it, they do play a tiny, tiny yeah, bit with that They don't idea. go up to him and say, hey, you can't do that because you're a gorilla. Yeah. Or, hey, you can't do that because you're part of our tribe or, you know, yeah. pack or whatever they want to call themselves. They don't. I don't know what gorilla group is called. Uh, good question. Herd. I don't know. Yeah, Conglomeration. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, whatever. Yeah. Clusterfa. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you know monkeys... No, but um, yeah. If really, the, really, Derek, depends on the species. <laughs> yeah, gorillas aren't monkeys. You, 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 you keep saying monkeys. monkeys. You well, keep that's saying... because Collie grows a monkey is funnier than Collie or gorilla. Well, okay, but nonetheless, <laughs> no more monkey business. Yeah, no more gorilla business. <laughs> no more gorilla glue. Derek, would you watch a movie that was called Snow Gorillas? Yes. Would you write a fanfic called Snow Gorillas? Can you write crossover? Tarzan and Snow Dog. <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell pulls a sled. Plot twist to this entire running joke is going to turn out that I actually do it. And people are like, what the? I yeah. will read it just for the record. And <laughs> do a live reading on the podcast for like Patreon exclusive. So my other negative is while I said this movie looked good, the CG vines look stupid. Yeah. Him surfing on them and then spending so much of the movie, like, POV camera down vines and all this. That freaking baboon scene is so obnoxiously long. I was so bored. Yeah. Like, like, about halfway through it, I was done. I'm like, okay, we get it. Yeah. And He's being payoff, saved by Tarzan. That's literally all this is. But the payoff of the joke at the end where the monkey still has her stuff, I think would have been the same payoff if well maybe even better if it hadn't been so long with them chasing her yeah or like, well then having her chasing her grabbing her him chasing them you know the whole thing mm, yeah i i mean as silly as the surfing on trees is and how he would have no feet anymore after years of doing that i do like the way they move he, he moves no feet. No, they would those the soles of his feet would wear off, followed by the rest of his feet. Like he's an ape man. <laughs> did you see Mulan? Mm-hmm. Disney people have fine feet no matter what happens to them. Yeah. Apparently. But yes, yeah. his feet are literally just one giant callus. <laughs> They'd have to be. But yeah, I mean I do still kind of like the way they make him move. It's like a neat 
sort of combination of how would a human raised by gorillas move? Because if you've ever tried to walk like a gorilla, like, you know, fist, like walking on your knuckles, it is, and I know every kid has done that, it is not easy. Like, there's something about our legs being way too long for that that makes mm-hmm. that impossible. And I thought they did a good way of sort of showing how that would happen with, you know, a human raised by gorillas who thinks, hey, this is how I'm supposed to move. Yeah. And I mean, they even have a scene that shows that, like, there's in the uh, in the Strangers Like Me when he's walking into the camp and then he comes up behind Clayton and starts walking the way he does. Oh, I love that scene. <laughs> Yeah, can we talk about how Clayton is just like a lazy Gaston? He's like a, he's a he just sucks. Like he's not even Clayton is one of the most lazy villains I think we've ever seen, yeah. except maybe the guy in Oliver and Company. Yeah, I kind yeah, of yeah. That's that's a good comparison. Actually. Yeah, he feels like it's he feels like Sean Yu done very poorly. Like it's like you took Sean Yu and Gaston and then made him more. No, not badass at all. Yeah, and more boring with mm-hmm. a handful of Ratcliffe from Pocahontas. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like, very clear. Well, I'm you... going to get the nice stuff here. I'm going to get the monkeys. Let's see the monkeys. Okay. I'm carrying a giant gun that's a shotgun that somehow shoots single bullets. But never mind that. And At least the... it doesn't have a scope like McLeach's. And never and runs like... out of bullets, despite it clearly being a, a two-barrel shotgun. Yeah, two-barrel shotgun. Uh, he just sucks. He's so uninteresting. And it's so odd. And it makes Jane look like a fool for trusting him. Like, yeah. that's a big minus for Clayton is it makes Jane look like an idiot. Like, it's very clear this guy's a giant scumbag. Yeah. He, he would shoot Cecil the lion. He sucks. <laughs> he would shoot Topical. Cecil the lion. Topical about top, three from years like, ago. What, two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, he I he actually brought the whole movie down more than Rosie O'Donnell Monkey did because I oh, just yeah. he was so bland it completely and his manipulation of Tarzan to show her the monkeys makes no sense where he's like yep Jane has to go no matter what she'd be really happy when she left though if she saw monkeys it's like Tarzan doesn't necessarily want her to be happy he wants her to stay like that's not that selling point won't work if he had said you know if Jane sees monkeys. We could probably stay for another six months. Then that would be the then stupid. They, they messed up their own stupid character. Ugh. Yeah, I hate Clayton. Not even but it's, it's bad. But he yeah. does get the best uh, villain takedown, I think, out yeah. of everybody. We yeah, by his own hubris, which I like. Yeah. Which is how Gaston should have died instead of just falling off. Well, like he should have died by his own hubris. Gaston kind of died by his own hubris because he wouldn't have died if he hadn't have gone for that one more attack. But Clayton, honestly, the... Clayton, the only thing about him that is memorable is the way he died, and I almost feel like the writers or whoever knew that and decided, okay, we need to take this guy out. Otherwise, people are going to just only think about how much he sucks. I do like that Tarzan tried to tell him to save himself. That was a great character moment. It was, yeah. yeah. He, said, he said, stop. Like, don't, like, you're going to hurt yourself. You're gonna I think... He tries to help him, but he can't. Yeah. It's a very heroic moment for Tarzan. That your comment about Jane trusting him, I'm not sure if she necessarily trusted him so much as her dad hired him, and so that's who they had to trust. And so you probably could pin some of that on her dad, which, you know, you don't like her dad either, and he's well, kind of a disaster. It, she but. should have suspected, like, and be like, okay, Tarzan, take us to the monkeys, but we're leaving Clayton because he sucks. And they do kind of, but it's like... But not enough. They don't like, try hard. Yeah. Like, they don't feel... they're Yeah. Hmm. 
Also, why did Jane just wants to observe monkeys to draw pictures? Like, she's kind of invested in whatever her father's research is. Like, I don't know. Her, the movie she... would have been so better serviced if her father was just gone and she was the one trying to lead a research expedition. Oh, that's like, like I thought she was the research leader. Is well, it no, just because her she, dad's research? Yeah, because she says it's his theories multiple times. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, okay, here's that's what... funny because I accepted her as the researcher. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Jane's totally running things. Well, My fanfic, apparently. Here's the thing is, like, they missed a perfect opportunity to basically make her their version of Jane Goodall. Which is what she, yeah. yeah. Which is what she should have been. Yeah, which that would have. Yeah. Yeah. She even looks like Jane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I definitely. I don't know. I'd say there. I have more positive feelings for this movie, but there are some major problems as we've mm-hmm. kind of established. Which, yeah, the elephant. But I think that we're really in that. Mm-hmm. We're in that period where there's just like some really high moments in each of these films and then some moments that are really low yeah it's like it's like the creative teams are made up of a bunch of really smart talented people and then someone let a moron in off the street and he no the moron was the executive yeah (laughs) it was like okay jane's not fun enough without her having a dumb dad like bell so like make it make him even dumber that's true she even kind of looks like bell yeah, like, oh, yeah. it's, it's the Why executive think... saying, like, hey, we gotta do something, you know, more in here, and mm-hmm. someone's like, okay. What? Yeah, Tarzan, to me, feels like, hey, remember how popular Lion King was? Like, because it was in a jungle slash, you know, whatever. Like, let's do mm-hmm. that again, and replace Simone and Pumba with an elephant and a monkey, and, like, yeah. And I, I think we're gonna see weird... that way yeah. more in upcoming yeah. films, too. Oh, this good. Is... You're really selling this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The funny thing is, like, yeah, with her looking that much like Belle, does the moment, James, you were like, we're all, oh, yeah, she's, I like her so much. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder why. Are you saying I have a type? Maybe. Well, I'll agree with you. I think the podcast has established that by this point. I do have a thing for brunettes. Yeah, we all know. Mm. Indeed, but yeah, it's that being. I wish, yeah, she's she's definitely the most interesting Disney quote unquote princess, which is too bad she just neglect ignored all the time in favor of I don't know Ariel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can we have a Jane clothing line, please? <laughs> yeah, Jane, that's really exciting. I no. think there there is a company called Jane's that sells I think clothing or something. It's based out of Utah. Huh. I don't know, whatever. Things I learned. I applied for a job there. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I needed money. So, anywho. You mean this podcast isn't making you enough? No, I'm freaking Scrooge McDuck over here. (laughs) Um, Anywho. Anything else negative? I think we kind of covered it. Pretty much. I mean, overall... Tarzan's dreadlocks are weird. A little bit, yeah. But then again, do you really think he had any way of cleaning his hair? Yeah, he was in the water. As someone Uh, with long hair can tell you from experience, water alone does not clean hair. Fine. (laughs) Yeah, His hair would become dreadlocks naturally. He wouldn't even have to try. That's just what would happen. Why didn't he have a beard? That is is something I have considered... Because you gotta see that chiseled jaw. And yeah. now we know what Derek's type is. 
really I'm, skinny but highly muscular eight men with friends <laughs> that are Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> um, the funny thing is, when I used to watch the tra- the previews for this movie, I thought her character was a dude. Apparently, she, it was written as a dude, and they cast Rosie O'Donnell, and she was so perfect for it, they just changed the gender of Turk. Huh. Well, which that's funny because I didn't even consider if Turk was a boy or a girl. I totally thought she was a boy when I used to watch the the preview stuff because they never like explicitly said it. It's still right. weird to me. It's not weird. I do like the fact that we have a male hero with a completely non romantic female sidekick who is mm-hmm. not. I mean, she's 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 rambunctious, but she's not like an idiot. Well. Right. Well, when she's a kid, she is. But when she's an adult, I feel she's capable, yeah. more or less. Yeah, she's she is a very likable character in during the times when they are adults. That's, I want the very, I remove the very clause. She's she's okay. <laughs> fair enough, but you know, I still like her more than some Disney sidekicks we could name. I think. Yeah, she's not Mushu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm Mushu. Wait a minute. Yeah, you're Mushu. <laughs> oh, well. All right. Let's go into final thoughts. Is that acceptable? Yeah. Yeah. Derek. Um, I'm going to make you have to pick a star store first because it's harder if you go first. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> this is going to be difficult. Uh, this is a good question. Um, I, I really do still like this movie. It has a lot going for it. Some of the... There is... The negatives are pretty big, and they do come close to damaging this movie in the rankings, but I'm going to still be a little more generous and say that the positives are really good here. Um, I'm going to... Uh, uh, let's see. What's under Great Mouse Detective and what's above it again? You don't get to pick ranking yet. <laughs> you get to say stars. Stars? Oh, fine. Um, sorry, yeah, I got... I got confused. Um, but what you're saying it's going to go is perfect. Yeah. Just saying, keep it <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it a... Hmm. The all right, while you're thinking about James. I know. I got it. I got it. I got it. Jeez, stupid. You should tell it off. Three. It's three. It's a three. I'm going to give it a three. Good answer. Good answer. I'm also giving it a three. It's it's fine. Like it's a completely passable film, and that's probably the best I can say about it because it averages out to being just okay. I'm gonna surprise def- myself and give it a four. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Why? Mais pourquoi? You like Jane that much? I really like Jane that much, and I I found it way more engaging than I was expecting. And the monkeys are not nearly as bad as the gargoyles. Still, yeah, yeah, it's for the worst. Thing. Also, the, I just can't handle problem. giving it a three and knowing that Derek gave Oliver and Company a three. I just can't do it. Yeah, it was it was close. I I just couldn't give it a four because I don't think I could score it the same as Mulan. Yeah, that's kind of what it came down to for me. That, that's what it's down to. It's still fine. It's a completely passable Disney movie. It's definitely not like offensive. No, and, and aside from the beginning bit with as young tarzan uh and clayton just sucking like it's really watchable yeah it surprised me i thought i was going to either be bored or annoyed but again it has all like you said it has lots of those problems like the baboon scene in the middle being way too long and like yeah. clayton just being boring and yeah it, it, it's it's such a roller coaster <sighs> the mm. problem is the average of the roller coaster to me is lower than mulan mm-hmm. um 
I I think I'm actually might. Um, so with ranking, it's really hurting for me to figure out if the average of this film is better than Hercules. That's where I'm currently stuck. Uh-oh. I love Wait, May. So what's... Okay, so the rankings are Aladdin, which is not going up there, Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> The Lion King, which, again, The Lion King is still in the Beauty and the Beast. Thanks, Derek. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> Bitter forever. Mulan is five. And then yes. we move to the bottom half where we have, well, not yet. The Great Mouse Detective, mm-hmm. Hercules, The Rescuers Down Under, The Little Mermaid, Oliver and Company, and Pokemon. Hmm. I'm good with it anywhere around Great Mouse Detective Hercules Rescuers Down Under area. You like it more or less than Hercules? Ooh, I think you're the Hercules. Hercules' biggest uh, uh, advocate. And I really like Hercules. I like Hercules better than Tarzan. Hmm. But, like, I can see why someone would like Tarzan better, but I like Hercules better. Yeah. I would personally I'd put it under Hercules. Above Rescuers Down Under? Yeah, I'd I'd rather watch Tarzan. Okay, mm. that's your that's where you're thinking, Derek. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's that's about where I'm gonna put it. I mean, it's a little difficult to judge them just it's because get more and more. Difficult. Oh yeah, because <laughs> well, Her- uh, kind of Hercules. Uh, sorry, Tarzan. Tarzan does sincere human moments incredibly well. Like the scenes where, like you know, when he first meets Jane, when they first interact, or like that Such stuff, it's so good. But at the same time, Hercules is a lot of fun, and it, mm-hmm. but it's it's a comedy. It's m- more it's supposed to be funny, and it just kind of has Hercules for the most part. I'd have to say is fun all the way through. Tarzan has its drags in places, but really, it's, yeah. The Phil song is that fun? I still liked it. So I'm going to put it under Hercules. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Where would you All put right. it? I put it above Hercules because I was thinking, this is how I was thinking. Okay. okay. Here, follow, hear me out. Um, if I'm looking at the movie as like a timeline, mm-hmm. both Hercules and Tarzan have a really bad like post introduction segments. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, so after Hercules, and Hercules is just longer to be fair. So after Hercules meets Meg, which is kind of where the story actually begins, to the end and after tarzan like becomes an adult and interacts with jane and ends which movie do i like better was mm-hmm. my metric and i think mm-hmm. it's tarzan hmm. wow i think tarzan does like i love meg's character arc but mm-hmm. i think i think there is more meat i mean to tarzan and meg and meg yeah i wish tarzan <laughs> and jane's interaction than hercules's plot mm-hmm. development mm-hmm. and my other metric now to be fair i feel both of these movies like don't dig deep enough into their characters arcs as they should exception being meg like jane doesn't really have much of an arc and even tarzan's arc is so plain it's plain the minute he was adopted as a human right right and it doesn't he doesn't really go anywhere but the interactions are so more much more engaging than seeing hercules Everyone knows my beef with Hercules as a character, but he just doesn't do anything for me at all in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. The only one that does is Meg and Hades, and Hades is kind of just a villain. Hmm. And Jane and Tarzan are such an excellent pairing that I yeah. feel like they just execute better than anyone else. I mean, then I guess they're comp- they're, they're reciprocating one in, in Hercules would be Hercules and ha- or Meg and Hades, oddly enough. Hmm. Um, 
But yeah, I think I like Tarzan better. But I mean, you guys all voted to put it on Hercules, so that's what's going to be. But hmm. I think well, Hercules. I think faster. Derek might change his mind. What do you think, Derek? It's getting close. It's getting close. I mean, I guess it comes also, down the to the songs are better. Yeah, well, I guess it comes down to what do I value the the character interactions or the comedy. Uh, your point about Tarzan and Jane working together better and having a better focus than Hercules and Meg. Yeah, honestly, both of them are... Well, Meg is a really great character. I think she may be up there as one of my favorite female characters from Disney. I think she I think she still is, even though I love Jane. Yeah, but I think the average between Jane and um, Tarzan is a lot it's more hot. even and overall. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, Meg's the only real interaction that's interesting is between her and Hades. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think their relationship's really interesting. Yeah. But she's not the main character. She is. No. Yeah, it, it does feel like, yeah, Hercules is a weaker character than Tarzan. And so Tarzan, yeah, tar- I think I'm going to put it above Hercules. It's funny because Hades is so strong and Clayton is so weak. And Hercules is so yes. weak. Uh, 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 and Tarzan is just so strong. And so you have mm-hmm. this weird flip. And in both of those movies, the female character, I mean, we were saying, oh, look at Mulan and how the male love interest sucks. Like, Ha ha! But like both of those movies have really good female love interests. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But and Jane, I like Jane more than Tarzan, frankly. But Tarzan still is interesting. Yeah. So it's their interaction that makes them both engaging. Like they wouldn't be nearly as engaging without the other. And that to me is good yes. chemistry and good synergy that most Disney movies actually don't have when it comes to their uh, romantic couplings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I honestly, now that I think about it. How would you rate um, Jane and Tarzan against um, Aladdin and Jasmine? That's literally what I was thinking too right now. As a couple uh, rankings, I I think because so the so you could the chemistry between Tarzan and Jane I think is better, mm-hmm. but I think mm-hmm. as terms of plot and like finding their character arcs and executing on the plot, Aladdin and Jasmine execute better. Yeah. In their character growth. I was going to say, because plot-wise, the the wants and needs of Aladdin and Jasmine are so intertwined and so Mm -hmm. yin-yang almost. Right. That it works so well for that story. Tarzan and Jane, not quite, but their synergy works amazingly well. The chemistry Mm -hmm. is romantic, but it doesn't really push anything forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean... Yeah, it's like, and also just the fact that, like you mentioned, the Aladdin and Jasmine, it ties into the plot. It's like it's got chemistry, it's got romance, it's got good plot. So, yeah, I guess even as good as Jane and Tarzan's interactions and chemistry is, there's a reason Aladdin is still at the top of the list. So where are you putting Tarzan, Derek? Then here's the crazy question. Is this movie better than Great Mouse? Um, hmm. No, I don't. I don't, well, I don't think, I don't it, think is. it is. Yeah, because no. I think Great Mouse Detective has the like one of the most solid plots, and Tarzan does not have. It's a solid consistently plot. good, and yeah. Tarzan is not. Yeah, I yeah. think it's the. I'm almost feeling like we're gonna need to rewatch every single one of these movies before we put one on the list again. No, <laughs> you can. Do that. You can do that. That you are free to do that. I am not doing that. I already I have enough problems trying that. to get all these on the list. I will so, never watch all the company again. Meanwhile, the meanwhile, I watch like every single one of them every single week, and by the end of this podcast, I can only speak in quotes from the Disney movies. 
That's a good gimmick. I like it. Uh, <laughs> that's your task now. You have to do that or I'm kicking you off the podcast. <laughs> Poor unfortunate soul. <laughs> <laughs> that or just watch Snow Dogs every week. That'll also work. Oh, uh, okay, so let's let's run this by this again because it's near the end of the episode. Thank God. Um, <laughs> Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Hunchback, Mulan, Great Mouse Detective, Tarzan, Hercules, yep. Rescuers Down Under. That is much higher than I thought I would give it going in, but I actually was very even more so than uh, uh, Hunchback. Well, no, not even more so than Hunchback. But I guess my expectations with movie were so incredibly low that the fact that I liked it almost as much as Mulan was really weird. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I for surprising, and it is a little risky. It's a it's an interestingly risky Disney film that doesn't. Yep. I mean, it follows their plot mold. But like their characters are not super archetypal of Disney in a certain extent. It is the male archetype story for Disney though, because it's like a Lion King parallel, right? Mm-hmm. Main, and, and Aladdin parallel. Like the when the men are the main characters, it follows a certain path, and when the women are main characters, it follows another certain path. Mulan yeah. being a pseudo exception, but yeah, yeah, Mulan's uh, path being littered with bodies. And hunch and Hunchback, oddly enough, having Quasimodo almost be. It's so weird saying Kimmy is a Disney princess, but his want in that movie is very singular. He's literally the Disney princess that didn't end up happy. Like, he does, kind of, but not the same as all the other princesses. And he he is, unlike most male Disney protagonists, he's the starry-eyed, innocent one that is enraptured by a good-looking member of the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's a a Disney princess. He's the ugliest Disney princess of all time, but he's a Disney princess. Derek, fanfic. Oh, gosh. <sighs> okay, um, I see a tea party good? with all the Disney princesses and Quasimodo is there. <laughs> and no Mulan, because she's not a princess. That's so stupid. No, meanwhile, Mulan's busy conquering the world because she's the most capable of them. Yeah, Mulan and, I don't know, freaking Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm pretty certain out of all the Disney heroes and heroines, all of them together, Mulan easily has the highest body count. Uh, yeah, she's a freaking mass murderer, which is why that movie's great. Yeah. <laughs> and they just kind of glaze over it, which is hilarious. Yeah. But although I, Yeah, although I do love that moment immediately after she fires the rocket when Sean Yu turns around and the, just the moment where he realizes what she just did. I thought that was, I like that animation there. That's so badass too because she was probably fully aware that she could probably gonna die in that situation, but she like knew she almost did. Yeah, yeah. Like, if he's been one cut. inch, one inch, she would have been dead. Yeah, they almost fell off a freaking cliff. Yeah, and she was willing to take all of her comrades out too for the good of the country, mm-hmm. which is like the the true patriot. Like I don't know, yeah. she's just totally badass. Why didn't we put that higher? <laughs> Oh, wait, because the rest of the movie has problems. But yeah, yeah. anyway. Uh, pleasantly surprised this week, I yeah. think, is, is my my personal theme. Yep. Yeah, that um, that's fair. Solid week. And I thought I was going to have a problem because I didn't think I was going to like Tarzan. Uh, so, great. Uh, I don't think we're going to be able to say the same about next week, but I haven't seen Atlantis. Oh. Uh, spoilers for watching Atlantis. I, wait, I, is next week, is next week uh, Emperor's New Groove? Yeah. So, yes. we are, we're going <laughs> to skip... Uh, Fantasia 2000, we'll get back to that, dear listener. And we're going to skip Dinosaur, and we're going to watch Dinosaur uh, with the uh, the next computer-generated gener- film, 
Chicken Little. It's going to be a great week, a back-to-back five stars. Uh, but next week we'll watch Emperor's New Groove and Atlantis, The Lost Empire. You know, the Disney classic. This is yeah. also the end of the Disney Renaissance, though I argue that uh, we should. the Emperor's New Groove is going to be an honorable inclusion. Yeah. But I, this is officially the end. IMDb said it was, so it's official. Yeah. So it's official. We'll be the ones to decide that. No, yeah, but, yeah we have it, more cred than IMDb. Yeah, well, if you want a preview for next week... Like, I am be dumb. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if you want a preview of what's coming next week, just know that a couple weeks ago, I rewatched The Emperor's New Groove just because I wanted to. Wow. <laughs> you have too much free time. <laughs> Apparently. No wonder Why? you haven't been working on your fanfic. <laughs> no. And no wonder you're not editing this podcast. Oh, meta! <laughs> Guess what's going to happen to that statement? Snow dogs, memes, hail Satan. All right. Oh, my <laughs> oh wait, that wasn't recorded, so no one will get the joke. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, your parents listen to this episode and they're like, mm, we need to nah, get they don't care. <laughs> Like, like, dad we... listens to it. He's like, "You called me Frollo." <laughs> oh gosh, he, there <laughs> is Froyo more like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... a delicious yogurt treat. There is no chance he would ever listen to this podcast. I guarantee it. What if we told him he was Frollo? Would he care? Does he know who Frollo is? Yes, but he doesn't. <laughs> Wait, really I have a more important question. How many times has your dad seen Snow Dogs? <laughs> At least once, because I remember him being annoyed at the whole I'm adopted, I must find my true family plotline. Although he may have just stepped into the room. I think you mentioned that, actually. Yeah. Though he may have just stepped into a room and then left after that. He has opinions about that plotline. Who's Tantor? Is that a monkey? Tantor was the elephant. Oh. He was voiced by uh, the the bad guy in Jurassic Park. Dennis Nedry. Oh, um, Wayne, Wayne, Knight. Wayne Knight, yeah, yeah. What a great, what a great fact to end this show on. Yeah, uh, worthless information followed by freaking fifteen seconds of silence. This is the kind of problem <laughs> you can expect from the quest for the best colon Disney edition colon season one. I keep forgetting which one goes first. Yeah. Um, anyway, trust, thank you for listening. Yeah, trust me. By this point, the ending theme has already drowned out our voices. Yeah, we know we have to do we have to do the freaking Twitter account, you you dangus. <laughs> you ding dangus. Turn down the music for one second. Anyway, I'm at Eustace God on Twitter. I am Eustace God. One word. I am at Burning Lizard. I'm at Bingewatch Fan. Please send me all of your comments about Oliver and Company. I've already started to get them and we haven't even published this podcast, so <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> This is what happens when you have friends and discuss your This is what happens when James podcast. walks around the town giving unsolicited opinions to strangers about All Company. <laughs> hey, have you seen this movie called All Company? Hey, listen, listen, hey, buddy, buddy, listen. I gotta tell you about this movie. It's called All Company. Boy, what a piece of shit that is. Let me tell you. It's got this cat in it. He talks. Isn't that weird? Yeah, he's orange. Also weird, because they get adopted first. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And then, me, then he's like, oh, yeah, yeah that reminds me of a great movie. Uh, have you seen Snow Dogs? <laughs> <laughs>
Derek and I would be the worst Disney missionaries of all time. <laughs> Gingo evangelized the good lords work. The good lords who made Snow We're Dogs. Spreading the great mouse detective because it's underrated. <laughs> if we ever actually get followers, we should definitely have a bonus episode where we watch Snow Dogs. <laughs> oh, dude, yes. <laughs> I'm down. Anyway, yeah, you might want to hit that out. Thank you for listening. Please, please listen again. We're sorry these don't have a consistent length. We tried, but not hard enough. <laughs> we, we spend an hour on Mulan and then somehow spend an hour on Tarzan. Well, I mean, it does have a Rosie O'Donnell as a monkey. <laughs> Indeed. Which will not be featured next week. Nope. Goodbye. Goodbye. Farewell. And then, as the French say, see ya. <laughs> see <laughs> So that's Spanish, you ignoramus. <laughs> they say it in French too. Wait, no, I'm as the as the Spanish say, they'll say. <laughs> <laughs>